Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I said you don't want to let it get hot. You don't want to go outside in, in a hot shed or something. You would want to keep it. Um, you know, from getting as hot as, you know, try to keep it from getting hot. Um, and the same goes with apple cider vinegar, things like that. You know, you don't want to put that in the sunshine. You don't want to put raw um, health things in the sunshine or in the heat, like uh, raw organic cold-pressed coconut oil, you know. The same goes with um, raw organic honey. You want to keep those out of the heat and from getting too hot because that's the whole the whole purpose of getting the raw, um, you know, kinds of those because they're not heated up a lot, you know. So you want to keep those enzymes alive, for instance, in the raw honey um, and other things. So um, and then so we move on to the flexible dosage standards explained as minimal standards. And this is Dr. Frederick Klinner, MD, writing this. And with such knowledge, it's no longer possible to accept a set numerical unit in terms of minimal daily requirements. This is true because of the simple fact that people are different, and these same people experience different situations at various times. And with ascorbic acid, today's adequate supply means little or nothing in terms of the needs for tomorrow. So, you know, one day... One might take an adequate a supply, have an adequate supply, or take enough vitamin C supplement with enough vitamin C, but that's not going to mean a thing for tomorrow because it's going to be out of the body by then. So it's not something you can take like once a week and, and think it's going to stay in your system. It's not going to. And it's better to take it often during a day and night than it would be to take it just once a day. However, once would be better than none, but in order to keep the immune system functioning highly, bulletproof it, you know, keep from getting sick or, you know, to heal oneself if if one has been injured or they've been through trauma, surgery, um, some kind of injury or something like that, it would be better always whether one is well or sick, to keep the vitamin C levels in the body, you know, working and and to keep taking it often enough. So at least every four hours, you know, at least would be a good thing to do. Some people take it constantly. They put it in water, you know, usually with baking soda and ascorbic acid, which turns that into sodium ascorbate. And check with your doctor about the sodium issue if that is an issue for you. However, Dr. Klinner um, said that he took anywhere from 10 to 20 grams per day, and he never had an issue with sodium. But if you think you do or you do have one, check with your doctor about that. They're probably going to say, don't take the vitamin C, and that's something you're going to have to decide, you know you and your doctor, and do the research about it because doctors don't know everything. And they like to scare people about vitamin C, for one thing. 
and they would much rather put you on one of their pharmaceutical drugs, you know, or lots of them is even better in their opinion for the allopaths, you know. So that means they're going to keep you coming back to them, keep you sick, and keep you drugged up, and cause you to have all kinds of adverse reactions and and bad side effects usually, you know, you're going to be a lot worse off taking those drugs or using whatever drugs they prescribe and mixing it with over-the-counter drugs too, you know, and they all can cause one to die. And the same goes for animals that are given prescription drugs, including even just antibiotics, and which means anti-life against life, by the way. Vitamin C is one of, if not the best, antibiotics there is. It works on bad bacterial infections and... You know, against bad bacteria, it works against um, all known toxins, period. It also works to deactivate or inactivate all viruses in the test tube. So it works both against viral infections and bacterial infections and all known toxins, including spider bites, snake bites, all kind of things, you know. So it's just a great thing, and it's wonderful for one's immune system to keep it working right and to keep one from getting sick and you know it helps with aches and pains as does organic sulfur by the way and they work together synergistically they work better together so keep that in mind as well and I like to take organic sulfur at the same time as I take my vitamin C because they do work better together okay so we'll be right back we're taking a break and we'll learn more on the other side so stick around
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $140. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen. And you can join us in the chat room. I'm in there now. And so is Frank and one of our longtime listeners. So, you know, hopefully... More people will come in there, and if you've never joined us in the chat room, you should do that and check it out. And, you know, it it usually gets busier, oh, at night, I would say, probably. And during certain shows, there's more people in there. But um, anyway, so check that out. It's real easy to, to get in there and to register for the chat room and all that. You can use whatever name you want, whatever username you want, just... You can't use a name somebody else has already chosen. So that's all there is to it. And so I'm going to get back to talking about vitamin C. And it is June 15th, 2015. And so I think it would be a good thing to learn as much as you could and can while you still can about vitamin C. You know, and, and that goes for even if you know a lot, just keep researching because... You know, that's what I do, and, you know, it's great to learn new things every day about as many subjects as possible, and especially things that will help to save one's life, you know, and other people's lives and animals' lives, and, you know, if you can help nature in any way, you know, the same living things, stuff like that, so... um, Who knows how much longer we're going to even have the Internet with everything coming, it seems, Jade Helm and, you know, an asteroid possibly hitting somewhere. You know, I've seen a lot of YouTube videos about that recently. Uh, for a while now, I've been watching a lot of things and, and researching that. Um, I don't know if it's really going to happen or not. A lot of people seem to think, it, you know, something big is going to happen in September. And uh, from what I've been reading and, and watching, Jade Helm is supposed to, I believe, end in September, and then we have the Pope coming. I think he's coming to address the, the United Nations in New York City and Congress, and and that is something, I believe, from what I've seen anyway, that has never even happened before. And then there's this whole, um, I think it was yeah, a Bilderberger, somebody in Bilderberg, I forget the person's name, but I saw... There was a clip of them announcing, um, in 500 days, we are going to be having climate chaos, something to that effect. So the 500 days from the time that speech was given is up in September. And, you know, right after that, I believe, is when the, or right around that time is when the Pope is supposed to come. So... Um, you know, I've seen people thinking that the Pope's going to announce all kind of things, including, oh, you know, we're having aliens that have invaded or, you know, a fake alien invasion or maybe, you know, they're really demons, fallen angels, etc., um, Nephilim, whatever, and they're going to say, who knows, they're probably going to tell us one of these days that they're, they're our creators and, and things like that, so... I don't believe that, you know, for a minute, but there is no telling what they're going to do. Um, I was talking to Frank about that earlier today, 
about the Pope coming and Jade Helm and September and all these things, you know, happening. And he said that he had read that some group put out the Pope's speech. There's something like 120 pages of it, and it's, you know, they they got very upset about it. I think, and the Pope did too, and said that's not, you know, the final speech and all that. It's going to be changed or whatever but anyway so i don't know you might want to look into that i haven't looked into that i just found out about it but um yeah and then there's all this stuff that i keep seeing on youtube and that would be a good place to look for all these things you know and you could always put in keywords and read articles as well which i've done both of those things but um you know september Asteroid, some keywords you could use, Jade Helm, um, you know, martial law training drills. Um, I saw one video, Frank brought this up on his show today, this afternoon on his earlier show, and he was he was speaking, I think, about Jade Helm and reading an article that has to do with that. And, you know, I've seen a video that talked about the same thing, and, you know, Apparently, they're talking about people dying, you know, and that there are there are all these professionals and, and people they're looking for to work in the field, you know, because they're expecting a lot of loss of lives. So, you know, it could be from, who knows what, an asteroid hitting that they claim it's going to hit in Puerto Rico. I don't know, and they claim it's going to be in September. Then you have all the blood moons last year and this year, you know, and I think there's one more coming. Um, so that that could be signs in the in the heavens, signs in the sky, you know, from our heavenly Father warning us about these things and that we need to prepare for what's to come. Um, and then I was reading in Isaiah, I think it was Isaiah 26 and 27 last night about how, you know, well, all these things, you know, I'll try to find the verses and read them to you, maybe during my show, some of them, but you might want to check those out, Isaiah 26 and 27. Um, so anyway, you know, it's a good thing to learn about vitamin C and all these other things you hear me talk about and others talk about, you know, on AVR, et cetera, on the health shows. And to get these things and to learn about them and to download, because if really, I don't know, you know, and no one knows when Jesus is returning, I do believe he is going to do that, you know, um, but no one knows the time or the date or anything like that. And we don't know about any of these things, you know, that I'm mentioning. And I don't know if it's true or not or when it's going to happen or if it's going to happen or if September it's going to happen, but whether it does or it doesn't, it's good to be prepared. What if um, there is a, you know, what if an asteroid does hit? What if it does cause a lot of people to die, you know? Um, I've I've seen things that have said that people on the inside in the military, um, they've had to sign non-disclosure agreements and they have been warned, that, you know, they, they are not allowed to talk about it, but then people are leaking stuff anyway. And I've seen things that said or watched videos that said, um, you know, some of these people in the military, they've talked about it and how they're being evacuated from 
around the coastal areas, maybe 100 miles from the coasts all around the United States. I don't know how true it is, but, you know, that maybe this asteroid is going to hit or that, you know, I don't know. That could be the reason. It could be one reason. Um, and, you know, if it did hit, um, from what I'm seeing, they're saying that it can affect the East Coast all the way up, you know, in the United States and all the way up to Canada. And, I mean, it's going to, who knows, it probably affect everything all over the world. Um, and, and there should be tsunamis, for example, and, you know, a huge major loss of life. And so... There's just so many things to, and, and how can you really prepare for something like that? I mean, all you can do is the best you can, and I don't know even if we do, you know, get hit with an asteroid, maybe it'll wipe us all out. You know, uh, maybe Yellowstone's going to blow. I've seen things about that, and I've seen that that could cause, you know, all of us to die. So I really don't know what's going to happen, but we have to trust, trust in our heavenly Father, you know, in Jesus and the Holy Ghost to to lead us and, you know, and the Bible and what the Bible says. And it does tell us to prepare, you know. We are told to prepare. And just like the virgins with the oil lamps and all that, you know, we need to stock up and get all the things we need. And, and some of those things are medical things, you know, medical uh, home remedies, things that you're going to need maybe you know, you can't run to the allopath anymore like you've done in the past when the, all these things happen. Then there's the whole Jade Helm thing. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. And then there's the Walmart closures, which could very well be tied to Jade Helm and to martial law, to rounding up people, to processing them. I do believe there are tunnels all over the world and, and underneath, you know, the United States and all over the world, and there's deep underground military bases. And I have seen videos where there is razor wire. Um, people are filming at a Walmart, some of these Walmarts that they've closed, you know, and it's it's pointed inward. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to use the Walmarts for. It may be a place I've said for years and years. You know, I'm sure other people have as well. I believe that probably, you know, the Walmart super centers, especially in Walmarts, and that might be why they've been building so many of the super stores like that, and for Target as well. They're going to use those for, you know, processing people. And maybe I've seen videos where people have mentioned, hey, when martial law happens, where's everybody going to run to? You know, the mindless masses especially, they're going to flock to places like Walmarts and Targets, super stores, et cetera. And they're going to try to get all their supplies, you know, right then, you know, they're going to loot whatever if they can and things like that. Well, and somebody said, what better way to get people, you know, to, to have them go in there and then they never come out. I mean, that could be a thing, too. You know, there may be tunnels under the Walmarts. They may, you know, be taking people down those tunnels and into deep underground military bases and things like that. So I'm just letting you know the things that I've heard and seen and things you might want to look into, but... You know, we have to pray for our Heavenly Father to protect us and, you know, to guide us and lead us to knowledge that we need and truth and to help us to get the things we need, you know, and we have to do our part as well. And so, you know, whether the things happen as soon as September or before then or not, I don't know. 
I've seen things about, you know, Jade Helm. You know, they claim it's just certain southwestern states, but from what I've been seeing, you know, like Frank mentioned today, they've been having things go on in Flint, Michigan already, and in other states that aren't southwestern states that I believe are tied to Jade Helm and martial law training, and they're using these role players, and they're calling them right-wing extremists, and, you know, they're having them pretend to be begging for food or water or to go to the bathroom or whatever and to be under martial law and you know the police it seems and the military and the police are being and have been militarized and you know they're working together and they they have all the special ops teams and these interagencies working together and I think it's going to be a lot I think it's probably it could involve all 50 states very well it probably will for Jade Helm and you know, it looks like they're trying to do this psychological warfare against us like they always do, these psyops. And, you know, how many times have they had false flags during drills? How do we even know it's really drills that they're doing, you know, in all these states or the states they tell us and not other states? Um, and it seems like they want to surprise us with these things. And they very well may be rounding up people or they may not, but they they're probably no matter what, training for doing that very thing, for rounding up people like us, people that know things that they don't want the mindless masses to learn about, you know, people that speak out, people that, you know, believe in our Heavenly Father and that are born again in Christ, homeschoolers, we know, you know, you know the drill. Um, if I had it right here, I would give you a list of all those people. There's a little long list of all the people that, you know, some people have written they plan to murder, but anyway, we're probably all on that list, and so we need to get prepared. That's the bottom line. So, hey, whether it happens in September or before then or not, we should try to do all we can. We may only have a little bit of time left, and we do know Satan's time on the earth, you know, and all the havoc he's wreaking and his minions are wreaking on us all. His time is short, so he's trying to murder and torture and traumatize us and take us to hell, you know, with him where he's going to burn in the lake of fire. And, you know, the demons and, and the rebel angels and all that are going to go. So we need to plan ahead and do all we can and, you know, learn the Bible and try to save as many souls as we can and to inform them about the truth as long as we can and to download information and videos and, you know, uh, printed things about vitamin C and all these remedies and how to be healthy, how to survive when plagues are going around and bodies are piled up all over, all of these things, you know. And I'll tell you about baking soda and how it saved a lot of people when hundreds of millions died during the Spanish flu epidemic um, in the earlier part of the century. So that was a worldwide epidemic, you know. And so then there's all the plagues, and there's going to be rats. There's going to be who knows what they're going to unleash against the populace, and you know, and I don't know when, but I believe that they have probably, I do believe they've spliced together every single kind of, you know, mixing DNA of humans, animals. We we know they've been doing that, um, insects and. You know, just everything under the sun. And they've created all kinds of weapons of war, you know, that are live. 
and then they're going to, they've already put chips in a lot of people, probably in soldiers, like, you know, a lot of soldiers and military people and special operations people and CIA and FBI and police and all these types, you know. Um, and who knows what that's going to cause them to do. Um, and they're chipping animals openly. They're, they're, they're trying to get all the animals chipped. We know that. And they want to know how many animals everybody has because they can be used as food for one thing. And when people get desperate, people are going to eat pets, you know. I'm not saying their own pets necessarily, although some will. But people that are hungry, you know, they will kill and eat people too. The Bible tells us that, you know. So cannibalism is going to be, you know, happening. And it already is, you know, the... The powers that be, the evildoers, the Satanists, the Luciferians, they're already cannibals and uh, serial killers and people like that that are antichrist types. But it's going to be widespread. And I've I've even seen documents that I've said for years without seeing documents that, you know, I believe they're going to be torturing people probably on television. They're going to, you know, put, put it on television or wherever. Um and they're going to be, you know, sacrificing people like us and children and the innocent in front of the, the masses. And they'll be cheering while they do these things. Well, apparently there are written, you know, documents that say that basic thing that before I ever had seen that, you know, I had thought that already. And apparently, yes, that is the case. You know, they say they're going to be torturing us in living color and it could be as soon as the year 2020 according to their documents so i'll tell you more about that in the future but these are things that i just wanted to let you know about so you know i, I would be getting busy and i'm going to be getting busy and we all should be whether these things happen in september or not or before then or after then um and we know like i said satan's time is short on the earth and you know at a later date, he will be, he's going to be bound and then he's going to be let out for a thousand years. So he'll be back to torment everybody that's still on the earth at that time. So we need to learn all we can to help as many as we can to save souls and to save lives. And so try to, try to do that, you know, and try to research these things and read your Bible and, uh, you know, pray and ask for guidance from our Heavenly Father in Jesus' name and to lead you to truth always. Okay, so we'll be back and we'll learn more about vitamin C on the other side for the next hour on New World Order Info on AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Don't go anywhere.
traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go, go, go. 
Welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen. And it is my live show tonight on Monday, June 15th, 2015. And so I was just talking about lots of things that Who knows what may be coming, but things that I have been seeing and watching and reading about and Jade Helm and an asteroid possibly hitting and the blood moons last year and this year and, you know, martial law and so many things. The Pope coming to address Congress and the United Nations and climate change chaos, uh, according to one of the Bilderbergers, which... He announced we have 500 days until climate change chaos or climate chaos or whatever. And we know they're pushing that whole global warming and now they call it climate change whole scam, uh, which is going to be used to control us even more and make it more of a police state. Even though we're in a huge police state to begin with, it's going to ramp up so much worse than what it is now and you know they're going to use that whole carbon credit thing in order to control us that much more and only give us so many carbon credits and then they are doing what they're doing with the internet and now they're claiming you know it's a public utility and you know we know in the past they've talked about trying to um you know, control how much water we use when we have our own wells, all kind of things. Tax us by the mile, which I believe is going to be happening or already is. They're doing pilot projects or whatever. They're testing it out in, I think, California and Oregon, you know. They're doing all these things. They're just trying to – they don't need the money. They don't need our money, even though they tax us more and more all the time in so many different ways. But that's just a means to control us because they can print up as much fake, phony Federal Reserve notes as they want, you know. So they just do it to take away more of our money to control us that much more. But they're going to use these things and, and many other excuses to tax us and to control us and to take away our money, you know, that much, those many more ways, you know. And... I was talking about chipping. Um, okay, they're already openly chipping people. You know, they're chipping not only animals, which they're doing openly, and if you go to your vet or whatever, or, you know, you see ads about it, or, um, I mean, they promote it. Of course, they make good money doing it, for one thing. You know, the vets do, but, you know, they claim that if your animal gets lost or somehow gets out of your house or whatever the case may be, you know, goes missing, that that will be an easy way to get your animal back, basically, because if somebody finds your animal and takes them into a vet, um, you know, or wherever to maybe animal control or whatever, picks them up, they can be scanned to see if they have a chip. And so first they came for the animals, right? Well, I believe they're already chipping people, a lot of people, you know, um, 
They're doing it without the people's knowledge or permission, you know. And they're doing it, I believe, when people go to hospitals, for one thing, and they get put under with anesthesia, and they have surgery, and they go to the dentist, and the dentist uses anesthesia. All these different ways, these allopaths, I believe, are doing these type of things. So I'm not saying it's going on every single hospital, every single doctor, every single dentist, but I'm just saying I believe it's happening. And I believe they can chip many different ways. And they can probably easily chip us so many different ways. Um, they they could be chipping us with vaccines, you know. They could be chipping us with syringes, things like that, immunizations, the chips. Uh, I know the RFIDs anyway. Years ago, they made them basically, I think, the size of a grain of sand, you know, they talk about a grain of rice and things like that, but they have come so much further in, in their technology. And also, they're so far ahead of what they ever tell us they have, you know, that, that they've been using, they could be, have been using things for centuries and, and, and thousands of years, you know, without us knowing. And then they just tell us, you know, oh, this is what we're going to have in the future. Okay. And as far as chipping people, Okay, they're, you know they're going to move on to, for one thing, they're already chipping animals. We know this, right? And, you know, they sell it as a necessary thing, as a benefit to the animal and to the people that, that have the animal as their pet or whatever. And just like they, you know, number tattoo brand animals, well, that's what they want to do to us. And that's why... They have popularized the use of tattoos and piercings because they have to get the masses ready for chipping and for the mark of the beast. And for anybody that agrees to take, you know, to get a tattoo, which the Bible warns us not to ever do that to ourselves or to anyone, you know, we're not supposed to get tattoos. We're not supposed to put marks in our body like that. We're not supposed to put holes in our body. And our Heavenly Father knows the reasons why we're not supposed to do these things, you know. And we don't know all those reasons, but we do know that that is talked about in the Bible. And so how many people nowadays have piercings and how many people nowadays have tattoos, whether they're young people or older people, you know, whether they've been in the military or they haven't, whether they've been to prison or jail or they haven't. Now it's a popular thing. It used to be just you know, maybe sailors and, you know, criminal pipes and people that were in prison and in in jail and things like that that, you know, maybe gave each other homemade kind of, you know, jail tattoos or prison tattoos or whatever, you know. And now it's like a fad. It's like, you know, you're not cool unless you have the latest tat and the latest piercing and the latest place and, you know, 50 of them or 9 or 10 or whatever, Um, you know, and they put them in perverted they put them in paces, you know, to to just be perverted about it, too. And so all these things are out there. And I believe it is to get everybody ready to condition them to take the mark of the beast, you know, and to get chipped. And if you go watch, you can type, I don't even know what to type in or the name of the video, but I've seen... I believe, I don't know what her title was, but she was like the former biggest head of DARPA, you know, um, and now she works for Google. And she's up there, this lady, except for I don't consider her a lady, but this woman is up there promoting getting chipped and saying how it's going to give us superpowers and things like that, you know, and how, you know, 
it's going to be that everybody's going to want to be able to just get on Facebook without the having to use a computer, for instance, you know, go check your Facebook. Yeah. You know, by having a chip in your body, you know, in your hand or whatever, um, or wherever they put it. But, you know, the Bible tells us the right hand or forehead area. Okay. But no matter what, I wouldn't get a chip and I'm not going to ever get a chip or a tattoo of any kind, you know. And so she's promoting all this. And I've seen a lot of celebrities in the past on television years ago when I used to still watch TV. They were promoting getting chipped, you know, and talking about it and discussing it. You know, a bunch of women sitting around on some talk show, you know, promoting getting chipped. And that's because most celebrities, I believe, if not all of them, you know, and athletes, Olympic athletes, on on and on. You know, they have to sell their souls to get to where they're at in the powers that be. You know, these people that rule the planet, the same thing. You know, they're, they're minions for Satan. And in return for riches and fame and fortune and everything that goes, like the Queen song, you know, talks about. them have and and I believe they have to you know their kids have to be part of that bargain you know and they get to do evil things to them as well so you know I believe this is what they have planned for everybody and when one sells their soul they have to get chipped and other evil things have to be done to them so they're they're basically doing it to them you know without us knowing and then they're going to move on to the masses, you know, where it's going to be done out in the open and they're going to promote it as a, a beneficial thing. And they're going to have all these benefits. They're going to promote why we should get a chip, why we should take the mark, you know, the mark of the beast. And the Bible tells us if we do take the mark of the beast, you know, and, you know, the number or the number of his name and or we worship the beast, we're the image of the beast, we're going to hell. So I'm not going to, you know, play around and, oh, well, let me just get a chip and then maybe this isn't the mark of the beast and that's coming later and, and I'll just do it for the benefits because I don't believe their lies. I don't believe their benefits. I do believe what the Bible says and our Heavenly Father and Jesus tells us. And, you know, I'm going to stay away from all tattoos, from all chips, and, you know... If I ever do get chipped, it will not be willingly. I'll put it that way. And the same goes with any kind of mark or tattoo or the mark of the beast and all that. Um, but I believe if one does get chipped, whether it's, you know, willingly or without their knowledge, for instance, which is what I think they're doing to many people already, that they're going to be able to turn those chips off and and murder you right then and there, you know, anytime they desire. And they're going to be able to keep people like those that are born again in Christ that do not get the chip, that do not get the mark of the beast, actually. They're going to be able to, you know, make it illegal for those people to buy or to sell. The Bible tells us this. So, 
you know, everything is going to be a cashless society, and it's going to depend on what your chip says, whether you're going to be allowed to do that or not. You know, and if you don't have a chip or the mark of the beast, whatever, you know, um, then you're not going to be able to buy or sell or to have a job, you know, or to do any of that. And it's going to be like a black market bartering, you know, for those people to survive or our Heavenly Father and miracles and or, you know, storing and preparing for those times to come now, you know, as best we can and every day of our lives. So these are the things we need to do. And so, yeah, they're doing it in animals in the open now. Don't you think they're going to be moving on? They're going to be moving on. They already have moved on to the elderly and to people with Alzheimer's years ago. I believe probably 10 years or so or a little under 10 years ago, I know. They were openly chipping people that have Alzheimer's, okay, people with so-called dementia or people that they claim have Alzheimer's or dementia, things like this, which can be healed, by the way, with coconut oil and prevented by taking coconut oil, cold-pressed, organic, raw, extra virgin coconut oil. Look it up. Type in coconut oil Alzheimer's and you'll see. Um, and it may take, you know, four tablespoons of that a day. It, it very much helps our brains. What doesn't help our brains and our minds to function right is to try to eliminate fats, all fats, you know, and try to cut out the fat from our diet because our brain needs those fats and cholesterol and things like that, you know, to work right. So if you're on this low-fat diet, then, you know, that may be causing Alzheimer's to happen. But they're chipping, and they have been for years openly, people with Alzheimer's. They're not they're not like out there talking about it a lot, but you can look it up. Look it up, you know, in I think West, West Palm Beach or in Florida. And a lot of places, you know, they've been doing this for years. They've been chipping people. And so then they're going to move on to making it seem like it's a benefit to get your children chipped, you know. And that's why they're coming out with these smart watches and things like that because, you know, they've got to move from the big bulky computers and the laptops and the netbooks, which are getting smaller and smaller, as we know, to, you know, every everybody has a smartphone, which they've already popularized that. Everybody does, almost everybody anyway, have a smartphone. I don't. But, you know, I'm not saying I will never get one. I may, but I don't. I haven't all this, these years, but I may. But, you know, I'm not going to be one of those people that move on from if I do ever get one to, okay, well, let me move on from the smartphone to just getting a chip put in my body so I don't need a smartphone anymore so I can be connected to the Internet, you know, 24-7. But there are going to be a lot of people that don't have discernment, that are not born again in Christ, that are going to choose that, you know, and that are going to choose that for their children. And, you know, then they're going to be connected to the beast system, you know, and the beast computer and all those things. And they're talking about things like, okay, for one thing, I've seen for years Masons, Freemasons, they have these these things where, you know, they promote them and they have families come and parents come with their children and they take their fingerprints and they get their DNA and they take their pictures and all these things. And they even say C-H-I-P in the title of this, like C period, H period, I period, P period. Okay, they're putting it out there psychologically, you know, the word chip. 
And they're going to convince people to do these things, and they already have convinced them to do these things, you know, to get their kids fingerprinted and their pictures taken by these Freemasons, who I believe are evil. I'm not saying at the lower levels that they're, they may be aware, but at the upper levels of Freemasonry, they are very well aware that they worship Lucifer, and they so-called hoodwink the lower-level members, you know, and the Blue Lodges and all that. But, you know, you definitely don't have very much discernment, I believe, if you're a Freemason. You know, if you if you call yourself a Christian and you're going to these lodges and things like that, and they're talking about all these evil things and worshiping of these false gods and goddesses and all that, and if you think that's okay, you know, it's very much not okay, according to our Heavenly Father and Jesus in the Bible. So how can they claim, you know, it's... It's fine to be a Christian and a Mason. I don't believe it is. I believe it's very evil. And I believe they're doing evil things to people, you know, including children, the Masons are. So, yeah, they're going to participate in, in doing all these things to lead parents to want to get their kids chipped, you know. And, and so are the powers that be and so many different organizations and the government and, and maybe preachers, you know. Who knows who all is going to be in on all that. But I believe it's a terrible thing. I would never do that to my children if I had children and nor would I recommend anyone do that because it's you're going to be in a lot of danger if you ever do I believe get chipped and or take the mark of the beast you know you're going to go to hell so and the same goes for your children um and they are going to have the ability to watch everything you do I believe and spy on everything you do they'll know everything in your thoughts they'll be able to read your minds they'll be able to know every single person you had any kind of contact with I believe these things anyway, and I think they'll have the ability to do that once people are chipped and or they take the mark of the beast. And, you know, they can murder you at any time as well. And they can do that if you're not chipped, I believe, from afar. They can already do that, and they are doing it, you know. So, but I, I just think, you know, these things are coming, and they're going to sell it as a benefit to get your kids chipped. So that if they ever get kidnapped, for instance, or a child molester, you know, gets a hold of them or some rapist or serial killer or pedophile or whatever, they're going to act like it's a big, huge benefit to have your child chipped and maybe have a way to track them. Like you would put a low jack underneath your vehicle to track it if it gets stolen. But really, you know, hey, it may be possible to track them, but what about the health, you know, um, ramifications to your children or your loved ones or yourself if you do take those chips and what about cancer and what about bleeding to death like animals have you know it's happened to them when they've been chipped um, you know they bleed to death at times and they also develop cancer from being chipped so if it happens to animals it's going to happen to people and the more the technology develops the worse it's going to be for our health and it's bad just to be around wireless internet, Wi-Fi. Why would it be good to have a chip in your body, you know? Um, and the same goes for Bluetooth and all this kind of thing to put in your ear now. So they're making the Bluetooth, the the smartphones, and all the devices smaller, and then these watches, the smart watches, you know, so we, they can get us ready for the chip. Popularizing tattoos and piercings and all that. So it's coming. So beware of all that and read your Bible. Okay, we'll be back and talk about vitamin C on the other side, so stick around.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Okay, welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. And you can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. It is my live show tonight, the last part of it on Monday, June 15th, 2015. And I've been talking about a lot of things besides just vitamin C, you know, everything from Jade Helm to maybe an asteroid possibly hitting Puerto Rico or somewhere else and causing all kind of chaos and, uh, you know, tidal waves. And, and by the way, I saw a show on television years back that was about that very thing. Actually, it was about the tidal waves. It was about a tsunami happening in the United States and hitting the East Coast. And that's what they claim is going to happen if this, you know, asteroid does hit. And, you know, other people say even if it just comes close to the Earth, you know, these things could happen and it could wreak havoc and and cause, you know, a huge number of people to die and, you know, all kinds of terrible things to happen. So, um, and then talking about the mark of the beast, people getting chipped and all this thing, these kind of things I was talking about for the last hour or so, um, and things that may be happening or not happening or who knows, but we need to get prepared for all these things, you know, and know the right choices to make and to, you know, learn all we can about how to heal oneself and how to keep our immune system functioning as as best as possible and to help others and to help animals, you know, to help people, to help anyone we can help and to save as many souls as we can because the time, you know, for Satan on this earth is short. So he's trying to take as many of us down as possible and to torture us and lie to us and trick us and tempt us and, you know, to lead us down the wrong path, the the wide way instead of the narrow way and the narrow path, like the Bible tells us. And, you know, it seems like most people, according to what the Bible does tell us, and from what I see all around, you know, they're choosing that wide path and they don't have discernment and, you know, they're they're lining up to go see their allopathic doctors and dentists and, you know, they're being murdered and slaughtered, you know, and genocided through iatrogenics from these people. And, yeah, I do think it's all tied to Satan, you know. Um, and I'm not going to say every single doctor out there is some Satanist or working for Satan. But I believe there are a lot of Antichrist doctors out there that would and are chipping people without their knowledge, for instance. Things like that, you know, in dentists. And whoever the case may be, but definitely I believe it's going on by them. And they are, without people's knowledge, when they're put under with anesthesia, I believe they're already chipping people. So, you know, I don't go to doctors and and avoid them in hospitals like the plague. And yes, there are some good doctors out there, like Dr. Frederick Klinner, you know, was a wonderful doctor, Dr. Robert Cathcart, and... Um, Dr. Thomas Levy and others that you hear me talk about and Dr. Russell Blaylock, you know, seems to have really good information. So, and these are just some of the doctors um, and there's, there's many others as well. And, and doctors that were trained as allopaths that, you know, have given up that type of training and moved into other types of 
you know, natural remedies and using vitamin C and using things, you know, that will heal people and and help them to heal instead of giving them some psychotropic drug or some kind of, you know, SSRI that is very terrible for them and, and or some kind of drug made from petrochemicals or made from fluoride or, you know, all these these toxic things that cause cause adverse reactions in people and cause them to have, uh, you know, die and cause them to have pneumonia or blood clots or heart attacks or strokes or any number of things to happen to them. And, you know, the things that they prescribe on a moment-by-moment basis causes these things and other terrible things, you know, even, um, you know, diseases to happen to people, like... I'm trying to think of the one I saw, if I can remember. Um, there, I don't remember what drug it was, but whatever drug it was, they said could cause one to have. And now, I, now I'm trying to think of what it was that they said it would cause. But um, it was one of these things that they've been saying um, the illegals have been bringing into the United States. So now I can't remember the word, but it starts with a T, I think. Um, and, and it's just unbelievable. I can't imagine these people, you know, willingly taking these poisons. They're lining up to take them. They're lining up to to get unnecessary surgeries done and to get chemotherapy and radiation because they don't do the research. They are not informed of all of their different options by these allopaths. You know, and they don't, they trust in them instead of trusting in the Holy Ghost and and doing the research and asking our Heavenly Father for discernment and to lead them to the proper thing to do and to lead them to the truth, which is what I pray for and to pray for wisdom like the Bible tells us to do, you know, in Jesus' name, to pray to our Heavenly Father for wisdom and to guide us and to, to lead us to the truth about everything, including our health, including whatever's wrong with us, including, you know, how we need to be healed and how we need to help our bodies to heal. And yes, I do believe in the power of prayer and that our Heavenly Father can and does heal people and cause miracles to happen. But I also believe that we're supposed to not poison ourselves. You know, we're supposed to you know, realize that our bodies are the temple for the Holy Ghost. So why would we go to these doctors that prescribe these dangerous drugs that can kill us and do all the time and can cause all these terrible health problems to happen and that never cure us but only keep us coming back to them with more and more illnesses and more and more health problems and then they prescribe another drug or a different drug and drug on top of drug you know and these cocktails of drugs and you hear about all these I think patsies that really didn't do it most of the time that they're blaming things on with these false flags that they've carried out but they're claiming that these patsies were on these very drugs that they're prescribing for so many people that are willingly taking them. You know, and they cause them to go on these shooting rampages or whatever. And even the drug um, Chantix, which they prescribe for many military people, you know, and and veterans, um, they put on this drug called Chantix, supposedly to help them stop smoking, has caused them to go on, you know, 
shooting rampages or to do crazy things, you know, um, with guns and things like that because it makes them crazy, you know. And so you, you run the risk of this um, anytime you take these psychotropic drugs, these SSRIs, these drugs that are made out of, you know, with fluorine and fluoride and um, derivatives of that. And, and that this is the kind of thing they give you. You know, and when you go to them and they tell you, they do these bone density tests and they tell you that you're at risk for osteoporosis or you're already having it and, you know, you you could have it or whatever due to your bone density test and then they prescribe you a drug or give you some over-the-counter drug, you know, and tell you to take it and the very thing that it's supposed to do to protect your bones and to keep you from, you know, breaking your bones and your bones being brittle they're saying it protects you from that, but what it is, it's made out of fluoride, you know, or fluorine, a derivative of that, and it causes your bones to be brittle, and if you do fall, it causes your bones to break, and for you to have hip fractures and have to have a total hip replacement or a knee replacement, a total knee replacement, and those things are very, very bad and dangerous, I believe, from all the research I've done. And what I've seen, you know, personally in my own family, you know, and what it's done to people, um, and they're not told all the things, all the warnings about that, you know, that in the UK, these implants they're putting in people have been recalled because they're dangerous and they're, they're terrible for people and they can cause all kinds of problems, including Alzheimer's, you know, from having the metal in your body and they met their metaplastic as well. And we know pet, you know, petrochemicals and plastics, those things aren't good to have in our bodies. And that's what, you know, plastic is made from is petrochemicals, petroleum byproducts. So, you know, you don't want that in your body. And then there's the salt water that our bodies are made up of. A large percentage of our bodies are salt water. And that's going to cause problems, you know. When we have metal in our body, it's going to corrode the metal, which could cause the metal to be released, and I'm sure it is, into our bodies, which could cause Alzheimer's and other problems, you know. So, you know, they're not informed. You're not fully informed, and they don't get your informed consent when they do these things. They just give you some shiny brochure that costs a lot of money, and they tell you this is the way to go, this is the only way to go, and they make a lot of money doing it. You know, and they do these unnecessary operations when people could take things like organic sulfur, vitamin C, and other things that would help them help their knees and their hips and their joints and, you know, um, just so many things that there are that can be taken, like boron and just, you know, borax, perhaps, um, all these different things. Some people take gelatin for these issues. Some people take, um, I'm trying to think of the word for it, um, uh, Instead of gelatin, um, maybe it'll come to me. But anyway, there's a lot of different solutions out there. You know, there's chondroitin and, and glucosamine sulfate. And um, so there's all these different things that people take for these issues that will work and do work. And, and like for slipped discs, vitamin C is for slipped discs, okay? And organic sulfur would be wonderful for that as well. So, you know, I've hurt my back, I've thrown my back out, and I've used the 
the organic sulfur, you know, the MSM, I've used that, and I've put it on my back before. You know, you can use it topically, and you can also, you know, I can. I'm not going to say you can, but it can be used topically, topically, and it can be mixed into things like coconut oil, um, you know, different things, and and it could be mixed into any kind of lotion, but why use a lotion full of chemicals um, or something like that or a cream full of chemicals made from petrochemicals or all kind of other bad chemicals? When one could use, you know, extra virgin organic coconut oil or something like that, or virgin coconut oil, raw cold-pressed coconut oil in a glass bottle, and then add the the organic sulfur to that, and then rub it on the back where the pain is, you know. Um, and the same thing with vitamin C. And vitamin C will help very much. It helps with pain. So does organic sulfur. And it can be taken, they both can be taken by mouth as well, orally. Okay, and they do work together synergistically. So instead of having back surgery, you know, and having some kind of metal rods put in in the back and all these these things done that they do to people that are, to me, just torturous and extremely dangerous, you know, and, and anyone could die at any time having these things done to them. I just think there's so many other choices, and there are... You know, you just need to learn about them and have an open mind and ask our Heavenly Father for discernment and to lead you to the places to learn about these things and to the truth. Because, you know, for instance, there's a good site, okay? I'm going to tell you what's good about it and what's not good about it. For instance, um, if you just type in Publix, P-U-B-L-I-X, Publix, like the grocery store, P-U-B-L-I-X, health notes, public health notes. Okay, I discovered this because Frank and I, you know, we both did. We were in a grocery store here in, you know, where we go to town years ago. It was not Publix. It was a different grocery store. Fred Meyer, I believe, was the one. Um, and they have more than just groceries. It's kind of like a superstore where they have all kind of products. But in that uh, store, Fred Meyer, they had uh, a computer and, you know, it had the ability to print out stuff and all that. But I don't think that was working at the time. But anyway, um, they, you know, it's this service that Publix has in their store where when you go down their supplement aisles and their health, alternative health aisles and things like that, there's a thing called health notes. You know, it was right there. And I don't know that it said health notes. And I also went to a different store, which I can't remember. I think it was the vitamin shop Frank and I went in years ago. They had one of these same things in their store where you could look up stuff. Like, for instance, you could look up vitamin C. So it's a good thing. You can Google it and look for or go to a search engine and look for Publix Health Notes. You'll learn a lot about vitamin C, although they're not going to tell you the truth, I believe, about it. They will tell you some of the things it can be taken for, but as far as the dosages, they're very low. Okay? So I would use it to look up what what are things... What are good things to take vitamin C for? And, I mean, it works for everything. But, for instance, on their site, they'll say, okay, it's used for athletic performance and reducing pain and speeding muscle strength, recovery after intense exercise, okay? And then they're going to give you the recommended, you know, 
amount to take for that, and it's very low in my opinion. So I would go look at more what it's used for versus how much to take, you know, and do the research and check the proper places like Dr. Frederick Klenner. His information would give better information on dosages. And Dr. Linus Pauling, that would be better place to look for information. And Dr. Um, Tom Levy, MD, about vitamin C and how much, you know, he's used on his patients in the past and things like that. Dr. Robert Cathcart would be another good source. So all these would be good sources on how much, you know, it would be good to take but to find out just some things that could be used for, this is a good site for that, although there are many, many uses they don't even mention. But here's another one, bronchitis they talk about. They talk about bruising. They talk about capillary fragility because it strengthens blood vessels and capillaries. Okay, vitamin C does. Um, the common cold and sore throat, they're saying it's for that. It's for gingivitis, which is gum disease. It's for glaucoma, it's for high cholesterol, it's for infection, it's for male infertility and sperm agglutination, it's for scurvy, which is a severe vitamin C deficiency, it's for stress, it's for sunburn, it's for wound healing, it's for asthma, atherosclerosis, athletic performance, and vitamin C deficiency, autism. Okay, I'm only on A. It goes all the way to Z. So that just gives you a little idea of different things that are on the site. And they tell you, you know, how to learn more about each thing. Like for wound healing, it says here, it says one to three grams daily are needed for wound healing. And taking vitamin C may pr promote connective tissue repair. Then it says learn more. And then you have to click on that to learn more about wound healing. And then when you do, it says vitamin C is needed to make collagen, which is connective tissue that strengthens skin, muscles, and blood vessels and to ensure proper wound healing. Severe injury appears to increase vitamin C requirements, like I told you, trauma to the body, injuries. And vitamin C deficiency causes delayed healing. Preliminary human studies suggest that vitamin C supplementation in non-deficient people can speed healing of various types of wounds and trauma, including surgery, minor injuries, herniated intervertebral disc, like I told you, slip discs, and skin ulcers like diabetics have, okay? And a combination of 1 to 3 grams per day of vitamin C and 200 to 900 milligrams per day of pantothenic acid has produced minor improvements in the strength of healing skin tissue. And I guarantee you, in my opinion, if you, you know, if one were, like, if I had any of those, I would take a lot more than 1 to 3 grams per day of vitamin C. But even that's a, a lot larger amount than the RDA is going to tell us we need or most doctors will tell us we need if they even tell you, you know, you need anything more than the recommended daily allowance or whatever. So I'm going to get into more of this next week this site, etc., and what it says. But anyway, thank you for listening. Coming up next is Frank Stefan, the owner of AVR, the guy behind the scenes that produces all the shows. He's coming up next for two hours live, so be sure and stick around for his fantastic popular show. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night. And for those who are born again in Christ, God bless you all, and have a wonderful night, everybody listening.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right. Good evening, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's June 15th, 2015. It's Monday evening. It is seven minutes after 8 p.m. Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live, which means you can participate in the show, 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. You can also go to our chat room, which is located at the website, which has two different addresses. Either one will get you there, theamericanvoice.com which I finally did update. Now it is the same as the other one. The difference was one had the wrong 800 number on it and one had the right one. Now, uh, they're both right. TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com And you can find the uh, chat room there. You can also contact me privately. Just me, you, and the NSA on Yahoo Instant Messenger. Screen name is AVRN Talk. There you go. All right, well, hey, listen, if I sound tired tonight, it's because I am. I was up uh, pretty late. I got to sleep around 4 a.m., Trying to work on this uh, computer to get AVR2 going because, you know, Mondays uh, we've got at, uh, what, 2 o'clock on AVR2, we have uh, Rick Bolrath doing uh, financial survival. And, uh, you know, I had to get this thing going and up and, up and running somehow. And, man, I was having a hard time. And I didn't get it going uh, completely. I got a... A workaround, really, is what I did. And then I had to get up at like 9 a.m. so I could get out of here by 10 to get to the post office to pick up something. And then on top of that, it's been hot today. Really hot. Like 100 degrees hot. Okay? (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, that's my sob story. You can all feel real bad for me, right? Anyway, let's let's get to uh, some... News and things and stuff. Uh, We'll have Dean Lauren on in the second hour. Mondays are two hours. And, uh, you know, somebody's saying, eh, screw Windows 7. Well, you know what? I don't mind Windows 7. I really did prefer XP. Uh, You know, Microsoft pretty much, I think, got it right with XP. At least, uh, you know, Service Pack 2 anyway. You know, Service Pack 1 was, you know, regular XP was a little shaky, but... Uh, they squared it away in Service Pack 2 and then, you know, kind of screwed it up a little bit in Service Pack 3. But uh, Windows 7 is not that bad. But, man, from what I, I read about this Windows, well, what I'm reading about people who have Windows 8 and are using it, it's a nightmare. They hate it. And Windows 10 is, uh, you know, they're pushing that about as hard as they can. And it has a lot of uh, question marks with it, you know, and I think I'm going to try anyway. See, if I was just browsing the internet, uh, and there are a couple of computers in here that, for instance, I know Linux does uh, 
um, Skype real well, and other programs like Skype. You know, so you can use Linux for that, and I got a couple that would be pretty easy to get over to Linux with. But then I've got a few others that I, uh, you know, I kind of have to get on a whole learning curve. So uh, we'll probably do that. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a race to the end here. We'll see uh, what happens first. Does Microsoft make us get off of uh, Windows Seven? Or does the world explode first? Which will happen first? Because, see, I'm not going to waste my time learning about Linux or anything if the world's just going to explode, okay? But speaking of the world exploding, you know, I got this story here about New York City. And I am going to mention this with Dean, because he lives right in New York City, so... Now listen to this. Bullet-riddled windows with yellow crime scene tape and evidence markers denoting where shell casings fell on the sidewalk are becoming all too familiar sights on New York City streets. Now, in an unprecedented move, a federal agency is joining the effort to get gun crimes under control. Folks, what's happening here is the federal government is basically taking over New York City. And, you know, New York City, of course, being the, you know, democratic uh, cesspool that it is, is more than happy to go along with this. But this is really what's happening. Because there's no... I can't keep... Look, man. Well, let's keep reading here. Kramer's told uh, it was a collective decision... Made by the federal government, the NYPD, the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of New York, and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. Well, what do we have here? We have uh, made by the federal government, whoever that might be, because the U.S. Attorney General for the Eastern District is the federal government, and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives is the federal government. So we have that and the NYPD. They all decided. Sure they did. Those three bullies told New York, uh, you know, NYPD, we're coming in and we're doing it and there's nothing you're going to do about it. Because you know why? Because the district courts in New York City are the most corrupt in the nation. Even if New York City would say, you're violating the Constitution, you're violating our sovereignty as a state, you can't do this, we're going to take you to federal court, they lose because the federal court would side with the federal Nazis every single time because that's what the lynch mob is all about. That's why she was picked from Brooklyn. Those agencies are mounting a first ever anti-gun initiative in high crime areas. Listen to this. There's going to be an increase in federal arrests, no doubt, said ATF agent Charles uh, Mulham. Mulham's words were intended to be a stiff warning to city residents who would carry weapons and seem all too ready to use them. They will not only have to deal with the NYPD, but they will have the feds on their tail, too. Not if the feds are all shot dead, they won't. Anyway, ATF agents are mounted a first-ever summer gun initiative to get illegal weapons off the street. And when the feds get involved, Mulham warned, in many cases the punishment is more severe. 
Yeah, like they try to kill everybody. And Mulham said the feds will not rest with nabbing the trigger man. Of course, when the ATF gets involved, people die. I mean, uh, with our resources and our tracing ex- uh, expertise, we'll be able to figure out if a weapon is part of an interstate trafficking operation, Moham said. The initiative comes as NYPD is dealing with a surge in gun crimes. This past weekend alone, there were 13 shooting incidents, 17 victims, and two homicides. Okay, wait a minute. That sounds pretty bad. Now, let's see. New York's about, what, 6, 7 million people? Chicago's about 3, 4 million people, right? Right. Well, let's see. Last year, 2,589 people were shot in Chicago. Now... Let's see. Let's do a little counting here, shall we? Because uh, this weekend, remember this weekend, that's what they said. And it is June 15th now, so we won't count Monday. Oh, let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Hmm... Yep, 16 shot. Woo, New York had 17. But you see, Chicago's been doing this for a real long time, and New York City's a bigger city. So my question here is, how come the feds haven't rolled on into Chicago? Hmm? I mean, they killed like 40-some people, you know, what was that last holiday weekend? 40-some people shot in one weekend? And the feds aren't rolling into Chicago, but they're rolling into New York. Why do you figure that is? I'll tell you why. Because Loretta Lynch is from Brooklyn. The lynch mob's in town. That's what's going on. And they go by the ATF. Now we see, just like Janet Reno, Lynch is going to use the ATF as her little lynch mob. And that's all they're good for. Because that's all the ATF is, is a bunch of thugs. You gotta wonder, though. You gotta say, hey, wait a minute. Okay, I get it. You know, you got these murders. And, hey, you know, New York City's got something like over 50,000 cops or something. They can't handle 17 shootings? And what makes, what gives this a federal jurisdiction? Where is the federal jurisdiction here? This is street crime. How does street crime correspond to federal crime? You see, they get away with it because people, your average person, your average man or woman walking down the street doesn't get the difference between state jurisdiction and federal jurisdiction. They don't understand in the slightest the limitations of federal jurisdiction. So, eh, cops a cop, eh, feds are feds, you know, whatever. The feds are rolling into town. Yeah, well, why? What's your jurisdiction? See, there's not enough people to ask that anymore because they've dumbed everybody down so much that, yeah, okay, there's a few people, uh, you know, peeing in the breeze out there going, wait, wait a minute. 
but it's not enough. The rest of the population has no idea. They just nod their heads and go, oh, well, you know, hey, cops are cops, feds are feds. Hey, what are you going to do? Hey? We got big problem, folks, because they're just blatantly doing whatever they want. And I don't know what the purpose is, folks. I you Look, I don't know if they're doing this just to try to provoke the people into going full-scale, screw-you mode, or or what? I don't get it. I don't know what it is because, you know, eventually if they keep this up, I mean, that's eventually going to happen. You know, because you start chasing around enough people with guns, they're going to eventually say, hey, you know what? You know, you and, and you can bet the ATF is going to shoot some of them. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, well, you know, I'm out here committing crimes because, well, I got no education. I got no hope of a job. You know, I've probably already been in jail, so I have a record, so I can't get a job. I'm probably even denied welfare benefits because of my criminal record. So I'm going to be out here committing crimes, and now... I realize that, oh, whoa, these guys are after me, and they're going to kill me if they can. So you know what? I'm going to kill you first, if I can. And that seems to be the situation they're creating. I guess they want to. Now, here you go. I started, I, I actually left off with this story because... U.S. senior diplomat. Now, this is a sad story. This is a this is a story that you could you could actually look back at Nazi Germany and go, oh yeah, that's right. You know where the German bureaucracy was not filled with competent people that did their jobs. It was filled with sycophants that would do whatever they were told because they just worshipped the Fuhrer. Okay, now, they might have been intelligent, but, you know, it didn't matter. Because you love the Fuhrer, so no matter what he says, you're going to use your intelligence to cover his actions no matter what. And that's what this story is. A senior U.S. diplomat on a visit to, uh, Thursday to Ukraine has slammed what she called Russian aggression. We're talking about Samantha Power. If you've never heard her name before, I'm not surprised. She's the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations. Now, this right here is, you know, because I took the time and I looked up Samantha Power. Because I didn't know anything about her. But I do know enough to know that if you become the U.S. ambassador to anything, it's not because you're qualified. Okay? Now, in this case, she has qualifications. But she is a sycophant. Okay? This woman's major thing is genocide. She is... Her whole career has been all about the different genocides that have taken place. Uh, her main focus is the Sudan. And that's all very noble. To, you know, she was a journalist, she did research, she was a, uh, you know, at Harvard and Yale. Oh boy, yeah, everybody who goes to Harvard and Yale, they're good people, aren't they? Anyway, 
So her major field of study is genocide, particularly the Sudan. And she's done, you know, great, you know, good work about trying to let people know what's gone on and all this stuff, right? But then this wide-eyed do-gooder, which I got nothing against do-gooders, okay? I'm just saying, this is this is kind of who she is. She's a do-gooder. She wants to help all the people that all these nasty people are doing ethnic cleansing and all, you know, just killing people. Matter of fact, you know, she was, uh, the thing in the Sudan was she was investigating the genocide of non-Muslims by Muslims. The Sudan government basically helping Muslim groups commit genocide against non-Muslim groups. And she's looked into other genocides around the world, too, and written papers about historical genocide. She's very learned on genocide, okay? And then Barack Obama comes to, uh, you know, the scene. Actually, she works for him as a senator. Now, I didn't get far enough into there to find out how exactly did she get the job for Barack Obama when he was senator. But she was a foreign policy advisor to him when he was a senator, which he was only a senator for two years, okay? Let's not forget his vast experience in, in, in you know, politics before he, you know, became president of the United States. Yeah, he was his senator for two years. Woohoo! And she was his foreign policy advisor. And then he decided to run for president, and she went on the campaign trail with him. Then she wrote books and all this stuff. Now, this woman, why am I telling you all this? Because this woman is, she is, for one, the major reason, the major cover reason, for destroying Libya. Now let me tell you something. She wanted Libya destroyed because she believed Muammar Gaddafi was being bad to his people. Now many of you out there have done a little research, as have I, and you figured out and you found out that actually, you know, no place is perfect, folks. But Muammar Gaddafi, as far as the Middle East goes, as far as North Africa goes, he treated his people pretty well. Life was not bad in Libya at all. He had built that country up. He wasn't causing anybody real difficulties, except for the monetary system, which he was going to start in North Africa, right? Outside the IMF system. But this little girl here based on basically news reports, because that's who was saying, oh, Muammar Gaddafi's so terrible. Just like the Taliban was so bad, they wouldn't even let women drive. We've got to kill them all. They won't let women drive. <laughs> you know, I mean, really. Now, there was a lot more truth to the Taliban being brutal to people that didn't get along with them than there was to Muammar Gaddafi. But it was the same kind of story. 
Oh, he's treating his people bad. Oh, listen to CNN. Oh, listen to Fox News. Oh, listen to them. Oh, oh, Omar Gaddafi's bad. Oh, even Ronald Reagan didn't like him. Oh, boy. So she developed this idea to destroy, militarily demolish Libya. Now, why am I bringing this up? Why am I bringing up old news about Libya? Because she came to a conclusion and made recommendations based on lies to destroy a nation. Yeah, okay. We, let's do the Hillary Clinton cheer. What does it matter? It was a long time ago, right? Well, it matters because now she's at it again. Now she's at it right now in the Ukraine. Again. Pointing the finger at the boogeyman. This time it's Russia. When really, it's not the Russians who have been doing any aggression. Oh, I won't say any aggression. But the majority of the aggression. And they've got every right to be aggressive in the first place. Because the United States basically sucker punched them. We set them up. If you remember the Sochi Olympics, if you remember how the United States was going, well, I don't know, we might not even show up because, you know, there could be terrorism and uh, we're not sure the Russians are doing everything they can to take care of this terrorism. Look over there. Look at the terrorists. The boogeyman's behind the tree. Right? Oh, how handy. Seeing as how once the Olympics started, the United States and their thugs in the Ukraine overthrew the democratically elected president of the Ukraine, overthrew the whole government of the Ukraine, and put in, and I'm not just calling names here, if we're going to, this is an ideology description. They are Nazis in the Ukraine. Now, a lot of white people can say, yes, so, you know, well, okay, well, look, I'm all for, you know, promoting and preserving the white race. But not at the, uh, you know, not at the not at the cost of becoming a Nazi regime. You know, because if that's the only way we can survive, then we don't deserve to survive. Sorry. And that's what's going on in Ukraine. And the United States put them there. And now they send this little girl over there, Miss Genocide saying, oh my, the Russians are destabilizing the Ukraine. If Russia continues to violate the rules upon which international peace and security stands, the rules upon which international peace and security stands, do you know what those rules are? You do what the United States says, you go along with whatever they want to do, you keep your mouth shut, we bomb you into the Stone Age. Those are the rules upon which international peace and security stand. She goes on to say the United States will raise the costs on Russia and rally other countries to do the same. Their silence in the face of Russian aggression will not placate Moscow. It will only embolden it. Power spoke at Kiev's October Palace a performing arts center. She stood behind a podium that had the U.S. State Department seal on it. Powers said that all too often discussions about Ukraine 
are framed as dilemmas that pit the East versus the West or the U.S. versus Russia. At best, she said, the Ukrainian people will get to choose one of these sides. So she's sitting there, you know, hey, instead they should work to take control. But she acknowledged at length the immense strain they are suffering. You know, she goes on and on and on, but most of what she is saying is based on television reports and administration propaganda. What's happening here is, and here's the punchline, folks, the United States government, for whatever reason is going out of its way to try to start an armed conflict with Russia. How many of you out there think that's a swell idea? Come on, let's see a, let's see a show of hands. How many out there think it's a swell idea to start World War III with the Russians? That sounds like fun, huh? That's something you want to take your kids to, isn't it? Sure, hey, pack up the pack up Junior Doll. We're taking them to World War Three. Yeah, there you go. We're gonna skip Disneyland this year and just go straight to World War Three. Woohoo! Hey, it's just like those video games. No problem. This'll be great. Well you better think again, folks, because World War Three with anybody isn't gonna be any fun. And uh Russia, hmm, I don't think so. And China You think they're just going to sit on the sidelines and go, hey, oh, yeah, wait, let's not forget China. They don't have to sit on the sidelines. That's right. We've gone into the South China Sea trying to push China around, too, saying, hey, hey, uh, here we are, the United States. And, yeah, we're 10,000 miles away from where we belong. But, hey, we're over here and we're seeing, you know, we're seeing something we don't like. So you're going to have to stop building islands. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, China's answer was, uh, it's a rough translation, but it was something uh, along the lines of pound sand. Anyway, we'll be back in a few. Stay tuned.
Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's June 15, 2015. It's Monday. It's about 8.43 out here on the Pacific Time Coast right now. If that's all true where you're at, we're live. You can call in 800-932-1980. You can also go to the chat room at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. All right, we played Stump the Room, and uh, let's see. The first song was by Moby Grape, and The Room Got It. Can you believe that? They got that one, Moby Grape, 60s band. A couple of the people were associated with uh, Jefferson Airplane, like the drummer. Uh, Spence, I think, was his last name. Anyway, uh, the second song they did not get. Right on the tip of their mind, but nope. Drama-rama. I've got spies. Anyway, there you go. There you have it. <laughs> okay, so we tied. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Nothing but good news here, huh? Anyway. Oh, where should we go now? Oh, yes, that's right. We left off at World War III, didn't we? (laughs) Well, they've got this girl over there. And, you know, this is the problem with wide-eyed, liberal, educated, you know, college-educated sweetie pies that just want to save the world and feel bad for everybody. And, oh, boy, my main thing is genocide. I want to stop genocide. Well, you know, that's a good thing. And in a vacuum, you know, she would probably do good work. But you see, she's not. She's working for a very evil entity called the United States government. And they take people like this, useful dupes, and they use them. At least I hope they're using her. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. Because I've read her history here, and it seems like she really is is very dedicated to trying to put an end to countries doing genocide. But then again, I'm not sure she has a real grasp, which I'm sure she doesn't, because, well, the United States of America has committed the most genocide in the last 20 years of any entity on the planet. I mean, we just got done killing over 200,000 Syrians. Did you know that? I don't know. I guess in the grand scheme of things, 200,000 people's not that much. But, I mean, it seems like a lot when you say 200,000 dead people. You know, that's three Medford, Oregon's. Completely dead. Everybody killed. In Syria. Iraq? Oh, that body count keeps going up, you see, because of the depleted uranium. They're not even counting that. But where they stopped counting was around 2 million. Well, we're racking it up, man. And yet, we've got people at the UN, as our ambassadors, pointing the fingers at guys who are giving his people free housing, free education, free medical... Bonuses for getting married. 
all because they sell oil, they're making lots of money, and he's passing it out to his people. What a bastard. We got to, you know, this is genocide. We have to kill him. He's not giving his population the benefit of suffering enough. No, no, that's not good enough. And then we have the United States government right now operating in secret to take away everybody's jobs in America, and they know it. Why else would you create a bill with it for retraining? Retraining for people who lose their jobs because of these trade agreements. <laughs> when you write that in there, you're basically saying, well, we know you're going to lose your jobs. We're just trying to figure out what to do with you once you do. Well, what if you don't want to lose your job? Not tough luck. So I don't know if she's sincere and just a dupe. Because I know a lot of us in this movement can't imagine that people are like that, but people are like that. You know, you get this idea in your head about something, and then you get somebody like Barack Hussein Obama. Who strokes your ego, makes you feel good and smart and important and needed. And he gives you a nice fancy job so you can be in a position to do his bidding. These people are not up front, okay? They don't operate that way, man. And a lot of these people, who we might look at as evil people, because they work in evil places doing evil things, are really being duped. They honestly believe they're trying to do something good. Anyway, so, uh, you know, that's what's going on there. Picking a fight with Russia. Uh, Let's see. The House is going to take a second crack at passing trade adjustment assistance legislation early next week. After giving President Barack Obama and his pro-trade Democrats the weekend to flip some of the party's 144 no's. Republicans say this is Democrats' last chance to pass TAA, which provides resources for retraining programs for U.S. workers displaced by international trade agreements and which Democrats have typically typically supported. You see, the drawback... The drawback is, see, the Democrats in the House realize, how is it getting funded? Would you like to know? Medicare. That's right. They're going to take the money out of Medicare to pay for this. And how much money do you think that's going to be? Oh, let me give you an estimate. All of it. Because there's going to be a whole lot of people losing their jobs and signing up for retraining. And all that money, this is the Senate bill, is coming out of Medicare. 
And these Democrats are going to have to go back to their old, foggy, sickly bunch of people that voted for them. Remember, we're for the little folk. We're for the working poor. We're for you guys. But, you know, uh, that's just tough shit about your uh, Medicare. Sorry. We had to do it in order to screw the rest of the Americans out of their jobs. Oh, you think grandma's going to want to hear that? Think grandma's going to be voting Democrat when that happens? See, they already hate the Republicans. Everybody on the dole already hates the Republicans, folks. They know the Republicans would pull the rug out of them in a heartbeat and put them under a bridge the first second they got a chance to do that. Everybody on the dole knows that about Republicans. So they vote Democrat because, well, well, you care about me. You'll help me. Yeah, you won't do anything to screw me over. Mm-hmm, you love me. Yeah, right. Sure you do. So go home and tell all of them, everybody on the dole, that you took away their Medicare to pay for retraining for all the people that lose their jobs over this wonderful secret trade bill you got going on. That's, you know, that's the story. Now, here's something. Steve Scalisi from He's a Republican from Louisiana. They took a hostage, and they might realize now they can't afford to shoot. Really? Chop that hostage's head off. Really, honestly, Democrats rebelled against this iteration of TAA for a number of reasons, but ultimately it became a strategy for sinking the Trade Promotion Authority bill that would give Obama latitude to negotiate 12-nation Pacific trade deal. Even minority leader Nazi Pelosi said she was prepared to vote down TAA to put the brakes on TPA. No, she's not. See, she's lying. I told you this earlier. She's lying. This is what she says out in public, that she's against it and this and that and the other thing. She won't vote for it unless... It's down to her vote, and then she will vote for it because she's behind the scenes trying to, as they say, flip the 144 no's. That's what she's doing. She's talking out of both sides of her mouth, Nazi Pelosi is, while she's out in public saying, yeah, we're not going to do this. She's behind the scenes trying to flip all her Democrats over to doing it. House members banded together past TPA 219 to 211, but the action was little more than a show vote. Perimeters for the floor consideration stipulated the TPA could not be advanced out of the chamber without TAA. Well, because, you know, this is what's in the Senate. This is what came out of the Senate. And everything that comes out, whatever the House passes, it has to be what the Senate passed. It has to be one bill. The president can't sign something from the Senate and from the House. It has to be one. The Senate and the House have to agree. And they don't. And, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for them to do that. Because they're going to just have to take the exact same thing that they said no to and say yes on. And they lost big, man. They lost 126 to 302.
you know, and and the, hey, the Republicans say fine, then we'll we'll advance TPA legislation on its own, and they won't bring up TAA again. But well, that's fine, and the House can do that. But what are you going to do with the Senate bill? You know, these Republicans are like, I think they made a mistake. And the bottom line is that the TPA is going to pass. Really? Why don't you ask the American people about that, man? Look, folks, I mean, these are the same people you just elected. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. You elected them because they said we are going to put the brakes on Obama's agenda. Anyway, here's something in uh, out of Colorado. This is not good news, and and you got to wonder, hmm, how exactly is this? You know, this could be very much more devastating than. Uh, just what this is. Colorado Supreme Court employers can fire for off-duty pot use. Employer Employers zero-tolerance drug policies trump Colorado's medical marijuana laws. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled Monday in a 6-0 decision. The Colorado Supreme Court affirmed lower court rulings that businesses can fire employees for the use of medical marijuana, even if it's off-duty. Really? Okay. What about firing somebody for the use of Prozac? The Colorado Supreme Court has just opened the door for somebody to say, hey, you know, you're on Prozac, you're fired. Because you know what? I could go into court and show evidence that people on Prozac pose a much, much greater danger to the workplace than anybody ever smoking marijuana could. Zero tolerance, better not be on any drugs, because you see, they're not talking about just you decide to go out and get loaded. They're talking about medical marijuana. This is a customer service representative, okay? You know, uh... They say that uh, the case will have significant implications for employers across Colorado. They noted that the ruling could also be precedent-setting as Colorado and other states wrangle with adapting laws to a nascent industry that is illegal under federal law. At the crux of the issue is whether the use of medical marijuana, which is compliant with Colorado's medical marijuana amendment, was lawful under the state's lawful off-duty activity statute. The term the justice has said refers to the activities lawful under both state and federal law. Wait a minute. You know, we, now here we have a state Supreme Court taking into account federal law within its state. Federal law only applies if you're involved in federal activity. Here we go back to the jurisdictional question that, man, apparently the justices of the Colorado Supreme Court don't know anything about either. And that's really sad. You know... Anyway, so there you have it. And uh, 
We're going to be back here in just a few minutes. We'll have Dean Lauren from New York City. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we will. Uh, I'm going to definitely ask him about the ATF taking over New York City. And we'll be back in a few. Stay tuned if you can. If not, thanks for listening. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Invest with the security of gold and silver. 
Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Welcome back to those of you joining from the first hour, and welcome to the Frank Report for those of you that are just joining in now. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still June 15, 2015. It's Monday evening. It is six minutes after 9 p.m. That is... Monday nights, 9.06 and a half out here second hour. You can still call in 800-932-1980 and you can go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Go to the chat room. You'll see the link chat. Click it. You'll be in there. 
can also instant message me privately. Well, you know, just me and the NSA on Yahoo Instant Messenger. I hope I'm not scaring anybody away from using Yahoo Instant Messenger by saying just me, you, and the NSA. But come on, folks. If you're communicating over the Internet, you got to know nothing you're doing is private, okay? You either got to just be, like, really careful, really technical savvy, or just not care. You know, that's it. Anyway... It is Monday night, and that means we have a co-host, Dean Lauren, from New York City. Not from New York City, but in New York City right now, and therefore, he is coming to us from the future because it's June 16th where he is. Welcome, Dean. Well, thank you, Frank, and it's another exciting night on American Voice Radio. Yeah, you sound excited. I am totally excited. I'm ecstatic. Oh, oh. well, and as you should be. You know, I, I, I promised the listeners I would ask you. Okay. Oh. Yes, that's right. Because the last hour, I, I came across this story about. Oh, New York City has so many shootings. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's so horrible. It's an outbreak. It's a, it's a tragedy. Just hey, seventeen. Only two homicides, but I mean, 17 injuries, basically, from gunshots uh, this weekend alone. Of course, that's only one more than Chicago this weekend, and Chicago had a light weekend. Now, they're talking about this because apparently the feds in the, uh, you know, with the uh, Justice Department and the ATF are now going to be teaming with the New York City Police Department to have some gun crackdown and make federal arrests and everything else on the streets with the ATF roaming the streets of New York City, uh, you know, with the Justice Department's uh, blessings there because, oh, it's a horrible outbreak of gun violence in New York City. What, what's going on over there? Is this really happening or is this some sort of setup or ulterior motives going on or what's the deal? Because... Why I ask is because Chicago, man, they have weekends where they kill 40 people, okay? And the feds aren't rolling into Chicago. Okay. Here's the game, folks. In order to justify peace under Giuliani and Bloomberg, they uh, instituted these police meetings where all the chiefs of police would get together. It was called ComStat. And what they would do is they made a decision that when there was a shooting back in 1996, and this went on up until 2013, maybe 14 now. No, actually, probably until three months ago. So from 1996 to 2015 until last month, If a person was shot on the street, they were not classified as a shooting on a street. You had brought this up before. Yes. And if they were murdered on the street, they were declared living and breathing in the ambulance. And then uh, they were declared dead at the hospital. This brings all your stats down, your crime stats. 
So all those uh, shootings were classified as non-shootings. Just because you have a gun and it goes off doesn't mean you have to sh- uh, classify it as a firearm. Well, when you're in charge of keeping the records, doesn't mean you have to do anything. I mean, you know, this... So are you saying now... The records reflect the true stats as they were even in 1996. Okay, so basically New York has been in the same ballpark as, say, Chicago with the shootings. Absolutely. It's just that New York was fudging their numbers saying, oh, no, nothing like that ever happens here. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened in the case Blakely v. Wells. Where I was uh, one of the I was the lead plaintiff under Mukasey, the United States attorneys had access into the Washington D.C. databases, and they were deleting the Medicaid records of students who were being fraudulently billed, or they wanted to disappear. So, okay, now you explain that. Okay, so now they're keeping the real numbers. So what's with the feds? I mean, okay, listen. Now, you went to law school, and I have a question. Somebody's hip okay. to the game. Now, okay, I got you. Going well, you know who the somebody is. It's Loretta Lynch, who was in Brooklyn the whole time watching it go on, and she didn't and do anything. It. And now she's in, in Washington, D.C., and for whatever reason has decided, <laughs> I'm cracking down on this. Well, yeah, she wants to make de Blasio look bad because she is 100% Clinton under Schumer. Okay, now, here's the thing, though. Uh, And remember, de Blasio just blew off Clinton. Right. He just said she's not worthy yet to be president. So immediately Lynch went into a knee-jerk reaction from Schumer. And this is what now. Let me let me just go into our show. Well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. I, be, because it's be, going to no. explain everything. Well, yeah, Frank. but you have a background, and I have a question that speaks okay. to your background, specifically on this subject. Okay. You know, the big picture is great, but you know, sometimes it's too much for people, and and uh, a no, little bit not. of a little bit of focus is a good thing sometimes. Now. Having a law background, understanding jurisdiction and the difference between a state and the federal government and all that, what is the nexus here for the ATF to be patrolling the streets of New York City? I mean, where where is the federal jurisdiction? Where is the federal nexus with this? Because it's the transport of guns across state lines since a Colt is the only one that manufactures firearms in New York, and they're not being shot with Colts. Well, now, they did mention that in the article, that the ATF is, uh, they're obviously going to be investigating along those lines because they mentioned that, oh, with our capabilities, meaning the ATF as if they had any, uh, they will be able to determine if these guns that are being used in these crimes are actually being, like you said, transported across state lines. But you see... Oh, wait a minute, Frank. You didn't ask who's transporting them, and those are the police. (laughs) They were caught several times transporting weapons. Now, I don't know what you all read out in Oregon, But on the New York Times and in the Post, every month there is a cop being convicted of 
smuggling guns. Well, now so I didn't know that, but I did. But I did know that Bloomberg himself basically did it too. Yes, and, and you know, folks, the bottom line is the cops have gone rogue because the Blasio's not paying them. Okay. With the drug money. Okay. End of uh, end of discussion, folks. The envelope is not hitting them at the end of the month. So who is getting paid the drug money now that the cops aren't? The Russians are free. They're running free, and they're not paying anybody. Oh. Okay. All right, they've cut Clinton out. She's no longer getting the bag money. She's not going to be happy about that. And this is why I wanted to go right into the international news regarding Jeb Bush. As of this Saturday, he just lost the American election. Gee, and he just started, too. And it is because in Saturday's New York Times, they announced that he was on this worldwide itinerary. 89 countries. Something like that. Two Two continents, 89 countries. Folks. Jeb Bush, during this tour, was emulating Bush three, uh, Bush one, his father, Herbert. Let me tell you, folks, the reason why Jeb Bush just lost the election is that his itinerary now matches his father's itinerary, his grandfather's itinerary, no, his father's itinerary, Herbert, Bush one. So if you look at the travel itinerary of Bush 1 and Bush 3, you will be able to find out where all the CIA's flush funds are. He's collecting money, folks. And he's going to all the black bank accounts for the CIA. And now Obama knows where all the hidden cache assets are for the CIA. Thank you, Jeb, because when you get busted, the American people are going to want that money back in our treasury. Because your father took it in 1986 to 2012 and stashed it all over Europe and offshore banks. Now, I don't doubt that for a second. That makes perfect sense to me. However... What is Jeb Bush's cover story for going to 89 countries? I mean, he's running for president here. Why campaign in 89 countries? He needs to pick up the money. Well, we know that, but what is he? What is he telling? How? What's his cover story? What is he telling? What, he's he learning about international events. Oh, I see. I see. And so, with that, folks, we <laughs> have to go to Operation Jade Helm. Now, many people realize that this was a legislation. Uh, uh, Jade Helm is what we call a posse comitatus. This is where armed forces enter into a national zone in which they are prescribed not to. Well, were. No, because that legislation was written under the Patriot Act by ALEC. Right which we discussed last week, all right? 
And so today, folks, well, actually, over the weekend, it was announced that American Armed Forces, General Dunford, who is up for the uh, post of Commander-in-Chief, is going to send the tanks from Jade Helm and the various equipment for the brigades, the very 100 brigades that they were going to invade Saudi Arabia with and put in and, and assassinate King Saud. I mean, not King Saud, King Salman, Ben Abdulaziz. Uh, they are going to put enough of those brigades in Europe to cover up they're an assassination plot of King Salman with Russia. Well, they're going to need, uh, they might need them if uh, the uh, little UN uh, ambassador there gets her way because, uh, you know, I was just doing a story earlier about uh, she's over there in the Ukraine making up stories about all this Russian aggression and everything else when really it's the Ukrainian Nazis over there doing the, uh, doing the bad things. Uh, it doesn't matter who is doing it, folks. Oh, well, yeah, I know. Russia, they're wait a minute, they're wait a doing Frank, a story here. Frank, Russia is broke. The reason why they're choosing the Ukraine is because it's on the border. It's a small altercation which they can make appear a threat. Russia is broken now. They have no food. They have no cash. And the gas that they have is being sanctioned. Well, I don't know if you've looked at the United States and Europe, but we're not doing all too well either. We, it's a war of attrition. It really and, is. And we really are is. winning. We are winning. Well, right now we're winning. We, we are. Uh, honestly, we, so we wait probably Let are. Let me right go now. in, because uh, I'm really pissed off now. For this weekend, is the first time that they, in, uh, they issued a national peace on uh, Jade Helm. Folks, for the first time, huh. an article hit nationwide about Jade Helm. And do you know where it hit, Frank? No. I mean... Doonesbury by G.B. <laughs> Trudeau. Let me read it to you. Okay. First frame. Do you have any idea how much paranoia there is out there? The guy responds, out where? The, the older gentleman says, about 2,000 miles southeast of U.S. The old man says, I wonder how they're making out with Jade Helm 15 in Texas. The young man, what's Jade Helm 15? The old man, a military exercise. It's routine, but Governor Abbott activated the state guard to moderate. The old man continues, in case the troops try to impose martial law, disarm innocent Texans, and detain them in tunnels beneath closed Walmart stores. Young man, not really. And the old man responds, really, there were concerns. They're drinking wine. Then last frame, the, old, the young man says, whatever happened to Texas succession? Such a good idea. The old man says, do you think detention tunnels have greeters? <laughs> so, folks... The operation which was set to assassinate King Salman bin Asad went haywire. Russia was supposed to back up mercenary brigades sent from the United States under Operation Jade Hell. They got caught red-handed. And now they have to get 
they have to spread out the armory. Hence, the Ukraine. Justification. How do we hide 100 brigades of infantry units that were destined and trained in the southwest, which has terrain not anywhere near Ukraine? If you were going to do a Ukraine exercise, you would have brought them into Montana. You would have brought them into Maine. You would have brought them into the northern border of Canada. You know, that very argument uh, has been made to basically poke holes in the U.S. military's story about, well, what is, what are you doing, what do you think you're doing with this Jade Helm thing? Oh, we're just, uh, you know, we're just doing routine training. And, uh, oh, really? Well, why aren't you doing it in terrain that you would be, you know, operating in rather than, you know, Texas and, you know, and, and our cities like Michigan. I'm sure you read about the explosions in Michigan that, you know, because right. they, they didn't tell anybody they were going to do it. And they just they really uh, upset the community. So, folks, this was on Sunday, June 14th, Doonesbury, the Sunday co- colored comics. All right. So it was all horse crap. And it and it simultaneously went down when Bush was collecting the CIA money. That's Bush three was collecting Bush's one secret cachet of monies and directing how it was to go into the PACs. Folks, we're talking at least $2 trillion that was stolen under the mortgage fraud. And remember when that money disappeared, Dick Cheney said there's $2 trillion missing on 910? Well, it was, Rums, it was Rumsfeld, and yeah, 2.3 2. or 6 or something. Yeah, Right. There was another $2 trillion stolen. So for all in hand, it was $4 trillion stolen, and it was put into the CIA black well, budget. You know, I was just reading, uh, and, and they, they had the details, and I had no idea because I've been following this, too, and I was about at the same number you are. But it's much worse. Of course, they go back to 19, and I think you mentioned 1986? Yes. They went back to 1986, and do you know how much money... The Pentagon has claimed, this is what they have admitted to, uh, misplacing. Add $89 billion on there for the Jade Helm exercise. What do you got? Well, it comes to a whopping $8.4 trillion. Yes, I believe it. I totally believe it. When you go back to 1986 under Bush 1, that is essentially the CIA hidden black budget. We want the money back in our treasury and we can balance the budget senator Leahy. and i want to point out to everybody that the air guard chief commander of the new york air national guard which stepped down after four decades Verl johnson of schenectady well he's that was how they were getting in all the drugs over canada 40 years this guy was in charge yep Wow. Four decades wow. of mili- after four decades of military service. Okay, Jeez. he relinquished command on Friday. It was under the New York National National Air Guard and Vermont's National Air Guard that they were smuggling in the drugs over Lake Champagne. Okay, I'm bringing them in to New York through and also JFK. 
So we have to go to our song tonight. And so we have to dedicate tonight's song to the man who is coming up in the polls, to the man who actually stood and thumbed his nose at the Rockefellers, the man who challenges the very CIA Joint Terrorism Task Force for drugs and shipping weapons throughout the United States, the man who makes the gas in the tank flow on the East Coast. And with that, I dedicate this song to Governor Chris Christie.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still June 15th, 2015. It's Monday evening. It's about 9.38 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. You can participate in the show, 800-932-1980. You can go to the website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. If you want to participate or just chat with some other folks, you can hit the chat link up. It's pretty... uh, uh, self-explanatory, and if you want to just send me a message on Yahoo Instant Messenger, my screen name is AVRN Talk. So there you have it. All right, we are in the middle of the second hour, and that means we've got Mr. Dean Lauren, who is in New York City as we speak, coming to us from the future, because of course it is the 16th over there. And uh, before Dean gets into his next three subjects, got to tell us about that song. Oh, that was uh, by Maud in Cahoots. I did that down at the Irish Repertory down in Hell's Kitchen, New York City. Uh, Maud is actually, <clears throat> this is a secret, folks, but since everybody out there knows <laughs> who's in the boxing world, Maud is married to Andy Lee. The uh, he holds the world title in boxing, which for uh, once uh, 160 pounds. What okay. is that? Uh, Lightweight, middleweight, uh, middleweight. Yeah. Okay. Huh. All right. Uh, and it's really tough. And that's uh, a secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most beautiful woman in Ireland. That was her singing. She's married to the. Uh, Middleweight champ of the world from Ireland. Well, them Irish, they like brawlers. Yep. And so um, I I have to give you the update. We're going to go through these next three uh, subjects rather quickly. Folks, there's been a lot of talk in the the world about espionage. We've had Germany uh, totally violated the Bundestag. They found people rolling around in their data banks. They found people rolling around in China's data banks. They found people rolling around in the United States data banks. And, folks, nobody has asked Israel why they are rolling around in everybody's files now that they are no longer, as of March 2015, recommended by the FCC to route all of America's cellular communications to which they've been eavesdropping. Oh, they changed that, did they? They are recommending Ericsson. I'm not so happy with Ericsson, okay? Mm -hmm. That's a German company, isn't it? uh, Swiss, I think. Oh, Sweden. 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 That's who they are. Sweden is back where the Nazis are, folks. Do not think for any moment that Sweden is not infiltrated by the Nazis. If you need to uh, find out the real story, you can actually read uh, the girl uh, with the tattoo, the girl with the dragon, um, that, the girl on, who kicked the, the hornet's nest. That, that's one of the three. That was the guy who was murdered when he delivered the books. It's all about how the KGB merged with the Swedish secret police. And it's true, folks. The, the story is fiction because that was the only way he could tell it. And when he delivered the last book in the series, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, uh, he uh, was murdered. So the second story is, folks, and it ties in with Israel. 
When Israel, uh, let's put it this way, folks, the Royal Bank of Scotland is now dissolved and the Queen of England, the Royal House of Windsor, the, what do they call them, Mountain Battens, the Bandit of the Bundesbergs, or what are they called uh, uh, in German, Um, Battenberg, the Battenbergs, the real Nazis, have started moving all the deeds and leases and all the valuable, and these deeds are for American properties, folks. They're moving them out of the Royal Bank of Scotland. Lloyds of London has been watching them for the last 200 years. Folks, they're moving them offshore to rogue accounts. The House of Windsor, Mount Batten, the Battenbergs, they're running rogue because with the when it comes out in the LIBOR case, it's going to be the Bank of England was scamming all the interest rates worldwide. Now, let me ask you something about what you just said, rogue accounts. Where in the world now, because, you know, everybody heard... Bermuda, okay. New Zealand, uh, Turks and Caicos... Um, Israel and then the little oh Israel and the little Azores. Okay, because you know everybody's heard about Swiss bank accounts, but that that's pretty much over. Cyprus, you know, you know. it'll put some in Cyprus. Hmm. Malta. That seems risky. Cyprus Gibraltar. had some problems. No, but they're heavily Russian. Uh, and you don't mess with the queen. Hey, right? you know what? Now there is a business opportunity for little old Greece when they, you know, they can tell the IMF to pound sand and then just open up to secret, uh, you know, rogue accounts and say, "Hey, man, look, we They're won't tell them your money. <laughs> we won't tell them where your money's at." Now, folks, if you didn't know, the Bundesbank and Deutsche Bank fell last week, as we predicted two weeks early. And now Merkel, that's Angela Merkel, the diesel girl, the diesel solution, she has no choice but to audit the Holocaust payoffs to American, Jewish, and European organizations to show that they were stolen once they were paid. They were passed off into these nonprofits because that money rightly goes back to Germany when it didn't go to the Holocaust survivors. You see, These, now that to me is a great, that now that right there is the rogue account. These nonprofits. Oh, you finally figured that out. You know, you create a nonprofit, and you've got, you're, you just created yourself a little rogue account bank there. Now, folks, the Holocaust payments is secret. <laughs> and that was by Judge Corman in the Eastern District of New York under Loretta Lynch. Ah. Uh. Those secret payoffs, you can know. Now, if Germany asked to see see those secret payouts, they have to see them because it was their money. When they see them, they're going to find out they match exactly the Madoff secret payouts. (laughs) Okay? It's a coincidence. uh, And when they look, you're going to see that they also follow the mortgage payouts those mysterious payments in 2008 where Obama had to flush a couple trillion dollars to foreign banks. More coincidence. So when you put the Holocaust secret payouts under Judge Corman and Alphonse D'Amato and Charlie Modler, 
And when you put them together with the Madoff secret payouts, which were totally bogus under Judge Chin and Mukasey's son and Saul and Wolfert, Silpert and Wolf, Wollert, Baroni, Lisa Baroni was the U.S. attorney, and you put them with the mortgage bailouts, Germany is going to recover almost two-thirds of their money that they lost. Merkel needs that money. She can't go either way. Now, the last issue I want to cover is that Saudi Arabia has just opened their uh, stock exchange. You have to have something like $5 million to even start a bid. So you're basically, you are limiting the stock exchange to uh, the major pension funds. And that's very key, folks, because over the weekend, there was supposed to be a cyber attack against China to siphon out all the pensions for a start a pension collapse in China that would have spread to Europe because follow the sun, folks. Remember, they're 12 hours ahead in China. They're eight hours ahead in Europe. So it's, at midnight, they would have went down in China, our time. In, and then at uh, four in the morning, they would have went down in Europe so that at the opening of the exchange, all the computers would have been primed to dump in the wrong ways. And there would have been a massive theft of all the U.S. pensions. The AFL-CIO would be bankrupt. That was what was planned over the weekend. Hmm. That did not go down because the 100 rogue brigades under Jade Helm 15 from Texas to Florida was officially jammed down. There was no liftoff. They were all told to stand down by the President of the United States. So what went wrong? Or who threw the wrench in the monkey uh, works? I believe Crown Prince or Deputy Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman went to the Crown Prince and said, you have a problem. Solve it. And the crown prince went to the king, and the king said, solve it. And the crown prince said, yes, and got on the phone right away with President Obama. And he said, remember when I met you one month ago, and everybody said I was pissing in the wind? Shut it down now, or I will dump oil all over the earth. And I will rock Rockefeller. And so President Obama said, okay. He called up General Dempsey as he's walking out the door with a couple million dollars in offshore accounts in his back pocket. 
Posse Comitatus is officially canceled by the president in chief of command of the United States military. I trump the Patriot Act. Don't screw with a black man in a White House. Well, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like screwing with the black man in the White House. It sounds like more screwing with a, uh, you know, a tan man with a, you know. A lot of oil. A lot of oil, (laughs) you know, and, uh, you know, yeah. You know, that's the guy who. But you know what? It took a black man in the White House to understand that America would fall. If that had been Bush, he would have thumbed his nose and he would have pushed the button and said, James Jade Helm is hot. Attack. Now. Well, I think he would have asked Cheney what to do, and then Cheney would have went mad Cheney and did that. <laughs> Cheney is gone. Well, he's a clone. Cheney is gone, folks. He no longer exists. Uh, 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 what's that name? Oh, it's the Jewish guy who was the former Secretary of State with a K. Uh, Kissinger. Oh, he yeah, is yeah. gone. Okay? And what's more is... The news on the street is that Bill Clinton's mind is also gone. His mind. Which is why Hillary can't divorce him. She needs to retain spousal rights over him so that if he screws up, she can control him (laughs) as the next of kin. Right, we got to keep an eye on him. Can't let him He's out there in the wild. <laughs> yeah, He's well, I've all you know, like Bill, look, you know, Bill Clinton. There's some videos about Bill Clinton even when he was president that are kind of spooky. Uh, I mean, it looks like he's in a trance, really. Uh, really, uh, you know, and I I don't put a lot of faith in a lot of videos I see, but that one really, I mean, I looked at it going, wow, this guy really looks like he's he in does, a He's trance. not in a trance. Really? He's got a chip in his ear, and he's being told what to say. That is a radio chip right behind his ear temporal. Well, yeah, but he was getting makeup put on. I guess he was getting his instructions, maybe. Who exactly. knows? Exactly. Yeah. He's being told how to go through. He's telling what the audience is like. He's being told what to do, how to step on to the thing, who's ready. He's getting his uh, protocol. Ah, RFID chips in the head, not just for judges anymore. That's right, folks. <laughs> Hey, All right. I've got a question in the chat room for you. Okay. And it's completely off topic. Just so Senator you know. Alphonse D'Amato is guilty. Yeah, well, hey, my question was going to be, he's still alive? They are now coming after him big time as of Sunday. I'm, it is now open season on Senator Al D'Amato. I'm surprised he's lasted this long, to tell you no, the truth. No, they have anyway, officially yeah. declared war against Al D'Amato. They are taking him down, and they are going to arrest him with Cuomo, Flanagan, Skelos, and Silver. Well, Silver's already been arrested, hasn't he? Yes, but uh-huh. now they're going to take Cuomo down and Flanagan and uh, uh, Alphonse D'Amato for rigging the tax, uh, 421 tax uh, uh, givebacks with Struck and Struck, Charlie Modler. Okay, here we go. Here's the question. Like I said, totally unrelated. Please ask Dean why the English kept that Nazi guy who flew to England in the beginning of World War II, and I I asked him the name, and he he came up with it, Hess, uh, wanting to talk to the U.K. out of World War II. Why did they keep him until just a few years ago? Then apparently a Russian assassinated him. He was the only guy in the jail for many years. 
Why did they do that? Why did they keep him? Because he was the messenger boy. Rudolph Hess, that was his name. Yes. He was the one to deliver the message to the Battenbergs on behalf of Deputy Fuhrer Adolf Hitler. He went to Scotland. That's where Edinburgh Moral Castle is. That's why the Royal Bank of Scotland is there, folks. They hid all the deeds for the American colonies, the African colonies, and the Caribbean in the bank, a Royal Bank of Scotland. So that's where you go to negotiate. Okay? London is not the seat of power. It's Scotland for the Battenbergs because it's only a brief jump to Germany. Hmm. So, folks, this man was assassinated because he's going to tell all. Okay? He is going to dump uh, the big school, the, uh, the, all of it. And that's why they had to get rid of him. Okay. All right. Now, here's the other one. Joan Kennedy, hmm. wife of Ten- Kennedy. Is she still she, alive? She's still alive. Wow. She is about to dump her memoir, which exposes that Ted Kennedy not only killed that young lady in his car, but she had enough air in the car to last her an hour and a half. Mm. And that she fought to survive and that she suffocated in her own air from lack of oxygen. So, for two hours, they could have rescued her. But the fact is, he tried to rape her. Oh. And this is coming out in Joan Kennedy's book. (laughs) Well, that's going to tarnish old Ted's uh, legacy. No, it's going to expose the whole Madoff thing. Madoff, it was Morton Madoff at our Brookline, Massachusetts who organized the whole Ponzi scheme with Holy Cross, the Jesuits' father, Dream Anne, in 1978. That's when it started, folks. All right, let's get it straight. It's all coming. Camelot is about to get on. Now, there's another story about Michelle Obama having sex in some car with her secret service man folks i have first-hand knowledge not first-hand second-hand knowledge from a woman who had to go along with jackie bouvier kennedy onassis and she was screwing every secret service man in a limo that she could find Jackie was a whore. Seems to be Just, a, seems to be a Kennedy thing, huh? She did it to get back at the at the husband who was JFK. doing the same thing with everything he could find. And he was passing the girls after he screwed them to Bobby, to his brother. Yeah, I know. And Peter Lawford was the pimp. 
Okay. Peter Lawford was the one who secured the girls from California, and Marilyn Monroe was one of them. She was a prostitute. Well, what actress can't you say that about? Or actress, And you know what? That is the biggest secret in Hollywood, and there's a movie out right now that almost 90% of the actresses had to screw somebody on the couch, and that includes Meryl Streep. That includes Julia Roberts. That includes all... Oh, forget what's her name, Angela Jolie. She probably enjoyed it. <laughs> I think you know, she was that, born okay. that, you She know, said, bring on the couch. She was born for that. She brought she her own couch with her, I think. So I'm telling you, folks, everybody on down the line... All right. Had to screw on the couch. And, you know, somebody in the the chat room is being uh, fair here, I think, and saying it includes all the guys, too. Absolutely. They got to get down on their knees. You know, and and we're almost out of time here, but I just want to bring this up. And that's your Clooney's. I don't have very many. Brad Pitt. I don't have very many claims to fame, but this isn't really my claim to fame. But you know, Meryl Streep. I'm sad to hear this, but uh, she uh, actually uh, went to the same high school I did. Well, she's um what we call a a, a female dog. Uh huh. Okay. She took my parking space one day when I came back from the farm, and she must have weighed at least 210 pounds, making heartburn with Jack Nicholson, which crashed. They, she took my parking space after she forced my car to move after I parked in front of my apartment on 8 East 74th Street. How dare she? She was a fat. No, 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 no. Let's not, let's not be okay. too, too mean here. Anyway, we, 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 oh, geez. And I can't, I hope somebody writes a memoir of all the guys who did her on the casting couch. And by the other way, the other woman, Glenn Close. Ah. Another casting couch, but her father was CIA. Ah. Glenn Close's father was one of the men who spread AIDS and polio to Africa. Nice, nice group, nice family. But we got to go, Dean. Thanks for being on. We'll see you again next Monday, folks. We are out of time. Thanks for listening. As always, I'll see you tomorrow. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
reports from a federal prison. to believe that the American dream was about pursuing happiness. As much as I hate to admit it, my happiness occasionally counted on the freedom to consume various substances. But it was the legal substances that changed my life forever. Now I question the motives that go into creating our modern drug laws. And the people who have been elected to protect us have become some of the people I fear the most. And when it comes to drugs and alcohol, just say no. allowed the government to declare a war on drugs because the majority of Americans haven't known any better and they haven't really understood that all of this is a massive deception. It's a massive profit scheme. We must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one in the United States, the problem of dangerous drugs. They can't even keep drugs out of, out of the prison system. You know, they have guys in prison that OD and things of that nature, even in the home. What, what's happening here in America is that our government is inadvertently supplying the hard drugs to the people in this country, then they're putting the people who use them in this country in jail. 6 on terror, most Americans have forgotten they are fighting another war. But from its inception, the drug war has become the longest, most costly and destructive war in American history. The drug war is a perfect continuing example of why we will never win the war on terrorism. Because it captures the ineffectiveness of the U.S. government and it captures the fact that it's being used against poor people and not against the people who benefit most from drugs which are the bankers that launder the money. Now, we don't send nicotine addicts to jail, and we don't send alcoholics to jail. We shouldn't send drug addicts to jail. Oh, my God. Do you mean they'll legalize marijuana and you can buy heroin at 7-Eleven? People have to realize that most of our history, we didn't have federal laws against the use of drugs. $50 billion a year at the local, state, national level, clogging our courts. Year after year. I mean, people fighting the drug war need to articulate that what we're after is not blanket legalization, but decriminalization. Why in the world do we have millions of innocent young people wasting away in prison when the big people who are committing these huge, atrocious crimes are getting away every day? My own personal opinion, I think the jail cell is better than the rehab. This uh, year is the 30th anniversary of the Drug Enforcement Agency. It was created by Richard Nixon in 1973, and Richard Nixon is really the creator of the drug, uh, this drug war 19, from 1971. With every passing day of this drug war, the battle line seems to be getting harder and harder to see, and yet it's almost impossible to believe that the same rules apply to everyone.
Utah notion of a war on drugs. So what we attempted to do was articulate a very different concept, which was uh, viewing the drug issue as a cancer-affecting American community. So you used the wrong word. You said war. If this was a war, we would have solved the war and won the war. This is the greatest country in the world. When we go to win a war, we win it. We, we got more drugs today than we did 10 years ago. And that's got to tell you that, that there is something bigger that's not being shown. In 1972, when Richard Nixon started the war on drugs, the federal budget allocation was $101 million. Uh, going into fiscal year 2000, the federal budget allocation was $20 billion. Yet there were more drugs in the country in 2000. They were of better quality and they were less expensive than they were in 1972. What's wrong with that picture? We arrested 14 people targeting high school selling heroin. We almost totally eliminated the production of coca. The drug warriors love to talk about illegal drugs, but what drives the motives to legalize certain harmful and equally addictive substances? Money. Money controls this whole movement. You have a group called the Partnership for a Drug-Free America. Well, first of all, of course, we don't have a drug-free America, never have, never will. But who are the funders? Who are the main funders, source of funding for the Partnership for a Drug-Free America, of all things, the tobacco industry and the alcohol industry? They are drugs. They are mind-altering, sometimes addicting drug, drug-free America indeed. But why do they do that? They spend huge money to reinforce the distinction between legal drugs on the one hand and illegal drugs on the other. I had lost two family members and a best friend in a very short span of time to alcohol, cigarettes, and legal prescription drugs. So fearing that I could be next due to my own struggle with addiction, I wanted to find out why the drug war seemed to be such a huge failure. When Nixon started the drug war, I was far too young to understand its implications. Living in white Texas suburbia, growing up in the 60s and 70s, I consider my childhood to be pretty average. An older sister and brother, a stay-at-home mom, and a father who ended up being a top executive of a big corporation. For us, the drug war was something that had no bearing on our lives, and even though my parents were both heavy drinkers, they never crashed a car, never lost a job, never missed a mortgage payment. On the contrary, my parents were pillars of responsibility, symbols of the post-World War II generation who had earned the right to live and drink the American dream. There has never been a society in the history of mankind, as long as mankind has walked the face of the earth, that has not had some form of mind-altering, sometimes addicting drug to use, to misuse, to abuse, or even get addicted to. Unfortunately, my brother Kurt didn't inherit my parents' ability to drink hard liquor, and when combined with some of the illegal drugs that the other members of his rock band used, he would often become violent. When I was about six years old, Kurt gave me a hit of acid, promising me that I would see green monsters. These down, man, with the LSDs, man, and, and the cocaine, and the marijuana, and diet pills, you know, start controlling your mind, start controlling, you know, other things in the atmosphere because of your intoxication results, you know. As it turned out, it was only an allergy pill, but shortly after, Kurt's behavior landed him in the state hospital, where all the doctors convinced my parents that acid and marijuana had caused my brother to become a paranoid schizophrenic. 
drug problem is 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 devastating to a lot of people. Um, drugs do not discriminate; they do everybody. When Nixon created the DEA, they started the National Drug Scheduling. Schedule number one being the most dangerous drug with zero medical value, down to Schedule five being the least dangerous with medical value. We all know what happened to Nixon, Nixon's history, but we all know that uh, that uh, he used the demonstrators to to divert attention from his uh, his illegal bombing of Cambodia. Look at the context in which these drugs erupted into the culture in the 60s. We were conducting a, uh, a vicious war in Southeast Asia. Where did this policy come from? Unfortunately, I have conducted an inquiry into this, and I have determined that drug prohibition laws came for reasons of racism, empire building, and ignorance. I mean, in Nixon's mind, I think drugs were associated with not liking Nixon. Nixon's new drug scheduling put marijuana in the most dangerous category, side by side with drugs like PCP, crystal meth, and heroin. People in the United States didn't have any idea what marijuana was, but it began to be associated with those Mexicans. In an attempt to keep me away from drugs and my sick, addicted brother, my father enrolled me into the Boy Scouts. It was at the acclaimed Philmont Scout Ranch that I had my first exposure to getting high. Clearly, going back to uh, high school, for me, uh, we were not going to be able to lock up 80 million Americans uh, for having tried uh, illegal drugs. If the DEA decided to crack down on all pot smokers and forced everyone to take a piss test, enforcing this law would require building prison walls around almost every city in America. I just uh, see such a corollary between uh, the war on drugs and uh, prohibition of alcohol. Uh, we tried the prohibition of alcohol, and I don't think anybody in this country wants to return to that. And yet alcohol is unbelievably uh, destructive uh, for a small percentage of people who, who imbibe. Prohibition was an attempt by ideologues, similar to the ideologues that we have today, to impose their moral values on the rest of the country. And what they discovered was that it creates crime waves. My name is T. Rogers. I am the CEO of Sidewalk University and the founder of SELF, Survival Education for Life and Family. I also helped start the Bloods on the West Coast. The police can bother me. The administration had a war on poverty. 
and that seemed to dissipate. It seemed to disappear at all. I, I mean, it just, it was gone. And then all of a sudden, up popped this thing called War on Drugs. After getting out of the mental hospital, my brother was moved to a halfway house deep in the ghetto. Here, Kurt was introduced to crack cocaine. The people running the halfway house drove Kurt to the pawn shop where he pawned his guitars worth over $2,000 and trade for $100 worth of crack. I was always told that crack was a black man's drug, but now my own brother was hooked. Drug prohibition for cocaine was basically passed in order to protect white women from black males. And, and the, the history will document this. Talking to people in the ghetto, one dealer's name always came up when talking about crack's popularity. Freeway Ricky Ross became known as the Walmart of crack. Ricky's story has become as legendary as Tony Montana and Scarface, but with an even more bizarre twist. Ricky, who is currently serving time in the Texarkana Federal Prison, is scheduled for release in 2013. The prison denied me access with a camera, so I started interviewing Ricky over the prison payphone. You know, a lot of people don't know what it's like to, to, to come into, uh, uh, in the house and there's nothing to eat. You know, to go to a supermarket and, and, and walk through the store and, and eat out of the cookies and, and, and things of that nature just to have something to eat. Cocaine came along, you know, and gave me a new horizon, <laughs> I would say. There's a new epidemic. Smokable cocaine, otherwise known as crack. I remember clearly one day in the late 80s, every single news network simultaneously running an identical news alert about the new, incredible, powerful, unbelievably cheap drug that was to sweep the nation. This is crack cocaine. Soon, every single black person living in the ghetto would sell his own mother for another hit of crack cocaine. It was like watching a strategically engineered ad campaign. Talk about perfect product placement. Did we mention it's cheap and strong and very addictive? Only five dollars now, so stay away from it. Let there be no mistake. This stuff is poison. Crack cocaine epidemic. Crack, 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 crack cocaine epidemic. Few street-level dealers have ever reached the legendary status of Freeway Rick with distribution that rivaled many Fortune 500 companies. Freeway Ricky Ross was a young, aggressive, savvy, streetwise marketer. Uh, who started selling cocaine, and then suddenly some major sources opened up for him. At the height of Rick's operation, he had over 40 full-time employees in Los Angeles alone. He had cook houses, cash counting houses, rock houses, decoy houses, and even a house he lived in. Cooking was always our most vulnerable and our most time-consuming uh, uh, thing to do. Usually you could put it in uh, like a big Samsonite suitcase. You could put 100 keys just about in one of those, or maybe two of them. So that's what, that's, that's what we normally cook every night, like 100 kilos. Rick shares some good down-home cooking tips about rocking it up. Well, the way we did it is I, I basically was a chef. You know, I, I did all the stirring. I would tell the guys who to mix. Like one guy, he would be standing there, and I would tell him, add more baking soda, uh, pour more water, you know, that type of situation. So it was more, yeah, it was like an assembly line. I know this is nothing to joke about, but Rick is your all-American opportunist. And as the media told us, crack was now the big new opportunity. You know, we had houses where you basically would uh, 
go up to the window and, and it would be served right out the window, kind of like the way McDonald's does it, I guess. Because we had uh, houses in so many different locations. Basically, you know, I wanted a location. I wanted it to be convenient for, for the people, you know, where they wouldn't have to drive for. It was kind of like marketing, I guess you would say. The gangs evolved and the gangs uh, were a great business venture. They're basically marketing tools. That's, that's really what they were. Uh, and they were quietly promoted behind the scenes. They got a lot of money. Uh, they got a lot of power. They fought for drug turf. Everyone's working for somebody else right now, legally or illegally. In order to film people selling and using drugs, we would have to go undercover. So we met up with an old friend of mine who was living very close to the most infamous spot in all of Los Angeles. This one? Yeah, put that one in back in, in your like funny little case I made you. All right, this is Santa Julian right here. This is like the spot, dude. I walk down to Santa Julian. We will get all that. That dude, you missed. Yeah, all that is something. This is right here. San Pedro, Grand, all this is just nothing but drugs. This is considered a neutral territory oh to gangs, like all different gangs, Bloods, Crips. Yeah, but you should put that camera down. My friend Mac Lindsay agreed to pose as a homeless guy and film people smoking crack in Skid Row. Dude, if these people knew what we were doing, we'd be dead. Yeah. I mean dead, not even like beat up, we'd be dead. One Thanksgiving, my brother came home from a halfway house. My aunts, my uncles, my young rich cousins were all there. No one could have been prepared for the moment Kurt pulled out a crack pipe at the dinner table and started smoking rock during the pre-meal prayer. There's a thing called a bell. You get your bell rung. That's when you, when you, when you hit the pipe and you hold it. And you hold it for so long that something inside of your head, it rings. After the first hit, you go on and play, that's the highest you're going to really get. That is the highest you're going to get. Now they call ringing a bell or somebody else <laughs> After that, you have a, a, an increased appetite for cocaine. And you want more, and you want more, and you want more. And you tell yourself, I'll just take $10 or $5 to buy me a little hit to sustain myself, to hold myself off. But after you get that little hit, you want more, and you want more, and you want more. Then that's called chasing the rock. Drugs can obviously cause horrible addictions, but the drug war creates black markets, creating an even more dangerous addiction for money. Well, I became addicted to the money and also the power too, I believe. You know, to be in charge and to have people look up to you and talk highly of you. Big names like Freeway, Rick, going down, People actually want to be like him because they, they don't think about joy, they just think about the money. But what about those people whose lives are still affected by the Los Angeles crack epidemic? Someone that wants to get in a program, someone that wants to get away from this lifestyle, easily can do it. What Easily can do it. I mean, if, 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 they can, if they can just overcome the addiction. Many people in Washington will tell you that the crack epidemic ended in the late 90s. But according to Sergeant Lou Daigle of the Los Angeles Police Department, crack sales are stronger than ever. Um, basically on San Julian, you can come and everyone's selling. And everyone will either, either be attached to the hook for you and bring you to a, uh, to a buyer. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the buys are on intense. Um, we've even had some intelligence that, you know, 
gangsters will come, gangbangers will, I mean, basically every gangbanger comes down here to make money. Right. Okay, they come down from the inner city, they come down from East LA, they come down from everywhere, all the different rival gangs, and very rarely actually is there a shooting uh, between gang members. Although Freeway Rick remains locked up, many people still blame him for Crack's easy availability. One time, uh, I went over to this lady's house to drop her off some drugs, and it was the look that the little boy had in his eyes, you know, as if, man, you're taking food out of our refrigerator. You know, we're not going to have anything to eat. And I thought about it, and I said, man, I was putting him in the same position that I was running from. You know, I basically was running from poverty. That's basically how I got tied up in, in, in the drug business, because I never wanted to be a drug dealer, you know, when I was growing up. At one time, I even wanted to be a police officer or a firefighter. I think the drug war is going to be lost. You can't win a drug war by prohibiting things that can be made in your bathroom with stuff bought from a grocery store. Back when I was in college, we used to cross the Mexican border to buy pharmaceutical speed. We thought it was strong, but it was nothing compared to the crystal meth of today. Sergeant Daigle spots a man smoking meth out in plain sight. He may have been tweaking a little too hard to realize that he was using directly in front of the police headquarters. Uh, what about uh, the, the methamphetamine? Yes, yes, yes. Blackout, yes, psychosis, delusions, cutting my wrist, things like that. Really? Yeah. Wow. Seeing things, things, demons and stuff. Pretty realistic? Very realistic. <laughs> Today, the DEA claims that crystal meth, or ice, is the new epidemic replacing crack because of how long it lasts and how cheap it is. Oh, meth is much better. Meth is, uh, you get more energy, you can do more things, you can, uh, last longer. Flying over the Mojave Desert, it's hard to imagine that a modern-day drug epidemic is taking place in rural, white America. What are you in here for? What am I in here for? I'm in here for possession of dangerous drugs. Which was? Um, which was methamphetamines. Methamphetamines? Are you selling or just... No, I'm just a drug addict. Just a drug addict? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, do you think being in here is helping your addiction? I felt like methamphetamine saved my life, man, because, you know, I, I didn't have to, I didn't have to use coke anymore. I fell asleep at the wheel pulling out of my parking lot of my house, and I woke up to the police being there, and underneath the seat of my car was 11 cents worth of, of methamphetamine, and they, they convicted me of that. Phoenix, Arizona, a single man has created a kingdom fighting meth and other illegal drugs. With four landslide victories under his belt, very few sheriffs have enjoyed the job security of Sheriff Joe Arpaio. What is this, a documentary on drugs? You either love him or hate him. And in Phoenix, if you hate him, you keep it to yourself. Don't touch that, or you'll just electric, you'll die. Oh, okay. We don't screw around here. This isn't Texas. <laughs> All right. The reason I'm the toughest because see these guys, right? Yep. Pink, where's your pink underwear? I got them. Let's see them. How come they're fading? They don't got no new ones for me. I asked Mr. Apollo, they just don't got them. Can we just start with you just like telling me your name and who you are? I got to tell you in front of these guys, they don't know who I am. 
<laughs> Joe Arpaio, Maricopa County, Arizona, Sheriff. This is the largest tent city in, in the United States, probably in the world. I would almost bet half of these guys are here for drugs. You see this? They can only mail postcards, did away with their envelopes, and on a postcard, that's me, we put the uh, inmates in the, I mean the dogs in the air-conditioned jail, and these guys are in the hot tents. Says that while inmates live in a hot desert tent city, rescue dogs live in air-conditioned comfort, right? Let me sign this. Everywhere I go, I sign these things for these guys. I spent uh, 32 years fighting drugs around the world. I was a director in Mexico, South America, had offices in Panama, worked with General Noriega, had offices in Argentina. I was the only federal agent in the Middle East. Now we have armies out there. My job in uh, Turkey, I lived in Turkey, was to stop the French connection. And we did stop the French connection when I was a director in Mexico. We arrested the top guy in uh, Asuncion. Although he and his men still arrest people for crack, a newer drug has long since taken the lead. We have a big methamphetamine problem right here. You can't blame Mexico for methamphetamine when we see 50 laboratories right here in this county. So what is it about crystal meth? Yeah. Methamphetamine is easily made. You can make it anywhere, in a motel room, in a car, that's one reason. Methamphetamines, I mean, it's all chemicals, you know, and it, it, it's the one that, it's the epidemic of, of Arizona, I know that for sure, of Phoenix and Mesa, Tempe, Chandler, all the surrounding areas, I know it's an epidemic here. Is it a sign of the times that the newest drug can be cooked up from common substances found at hardware stores and pharmacies? During the 1920s prohibition of alcohol, bootleggers profited by cooking moonshine, a very dangerous homemade alcohol. In prohibition, the government forbade legal booze. People created moonshine. Is crystal meth the modern-day moonshine? What we ought to be doing with regard to methamphetamine is we ought to be engaged in a real educational campaign to tell people just how dangerous methamphetamine is. Don't you think the drug war could be kind of held responsible for the fact that meth has become so popular, the fact that it's harder to get cocaine into the United States because of the drug war, now we're, we're giving a rise to synthetic drugs? No, 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 no. These guys will use any drug they can get that has no bearing on it. Can I ask them, who would rather do cocaine or, or speed? Tweak, speed, man. You guys do speed? Why do I think it's become so popular? I mean, it keeps you going, you can work a long time, you can stay awake, have great sex. What's it coming down, Mike? I don't know, I never came down. Heroin makes you nod and get in traffic accidents. Uh, marijuana makes you sit on your couch and speed puts you in the fast lane. That's your opinion. As governor of the state of New Mexico, um, half of what we spend on law enforcement, half of what we spend in the courts, and half of what we spend in the prisons is drug-related. Self-made millionaire Gary Johnson shocked the citizens of New Mexico when, after being re-elected to a second term, denounced the drug war and tried tirelessly to introduce harm reduction strategies. 
former Governor Gary Johnson's in this song. Who's what, he? What? He was the governor of New Mexico, trying to legalize drugs for eight years. Oh yeah, that's the. That's why he's not the governor anymore. Well, he was eight years. Um, <laughs> but what do you what do you think about him? What do you think would happen to America if drugs were legal? Well, you know that guy. I, in fact, if I knew he was going to be on your camera, I probably wouldn't even be talking to you. Because that's a defeatist attitude, this guy. That's right, New Mexico? You should never have a defeatist attitude and give up because you say you can't solve a problem. So let's give up on uh, bank robberies and let's make everything legal. The way I look at it basically is, is that we have gotten to where we've gotten today and I think it's because of politicians and drugs have become the easy boogeyman to, uh, to put all blame on. I'm the only politician, if you want to call me that, that will tell it like it is. The judge ordered me to go to treatment and I'm not able to go to treatment but this is what I'm getting instead chain gang and county jail. Are you afraid you're going to fall back into it? I'm afraid I may if I don't get into a drug drug rehab right away, like within the first 12 hours of my release. Are we going to ever eliminate the methamphetamine use? No. But can we reduce it? Yes, and we can do that through education. But that doesn't have to include locking people up for its use. When you look at two million people in prisons and jails across the nation, about 60% are in there for drugs or drug-related crime. And when it comes to uh, federal prisons, I know that that number is, is much higher because of federal mandatory sentencing. This isn't a prison. This is a jail. The prisons are the country clubs. That's where some of these guys could end up. And I'm sure some... Anybody been to the Department of Corrections? Which one you like better? Here, the jails or the state prison? What? These guys plead guilty quick so they can get to prison. I was raised believing that incarceration was expensive to the taxpayer. It was not in anyone's best interest to lock someone in a cage unless it was absolutely necessary. In the mid-1980s, a law was passed that allowed privately owned corporations to build and operate prisons. I'm a real advocate of private prisons, having privatized half the prisons in New Mexico. And the reason for doing that is, uh, is the same goods, same services at uh, a third less the price. Have we reached a point of building so many prisons that the purveyors are now looking for ways to keep them all full? Here's the way a private prison works, okay? You pay somebody to build a fancy cage. Then you fill it up as far as you can get it, which is pretty full. Full of people that the people that built the cage get paid forty or fifty thousand dollars a year to just keep in the cage. You have corporations like Wackenhut, you know, they just changed their name, Corrections Corporation of America, that house prisoners, nonviolent drug offenders. As a matter of fact, I think sixty percent of the increase in prison population under Bill Clinton, which was like a million people, of the sixty percent of that new prison population are nonviolent drug offenders. Now if you've got 5,000 people in your cage and you're being, you're being paid 30, 40,000 bucks a year for them. That's a lot of money. And if you can, on top of that, use them as your private property, as chattel property, that you can then make do work or make produce things that you get paid for on top of that. What a great deal. Now, where I come from, when you transform a person into a piece of property, that's called slavery. 
Not far from Bakersfield, California is the small town of Taft, once home to a thriving oil industry. But like so many oil towns across America, the oil finally dried up. Like many bankrupt towns, a private prison stepped in to save the day. The Taft Correctional Institution is owned by the GEO Group, formerly known as Wackenhut. Wackenhut changed its name after a storm of bad publicity. The GEO Group is the leader in providing diversified services to government agencies around the globe. Our global expertise in outsourcing includes the design, construction, financing, management, and operation of jails, prisons, and special purpose institutions, and immigration and detention centers. They trade their stock on Wall Street based upon the number of people that are in jail. If that isn't sick, if that isn't the best definition of sickness in a society, in a culture, in a civilization, I can't tell you what is. Serving time in the Taft Federal Prison is actor-comedian Tommy Chong of Cheech and Chong. Trying to get into the privately owned prison to interview Tommy was not unlike dealing with any other major corporation. Months went by as they kept asking me to jump through endless hoops, and if I didn't know any better, I could swear they were doing everything possible to get rid of me. But Tommy wasn't just an icon of drugs. Sitting in prison, he was now a symbol of things to come with the new conservative fever sweeping the nation following 9-11. Transmitter on the ground trip. Huh? You guys are from Texas, sir? Yeah. After, oh, no wonder. <laughs> Old Willie Town, huh? Tommy Chong arrested for pot, right? No. Tommy was targeted by former Attorney General John Ashcroft, whose Operation Pipe Dreams entrapped the 65-year-old actor. Tommy's son was using his dad's face to sell bongs on the internet and was baited into shipping a glass pipe to a county that prohibits them. In his attempt to shut down the paraphernalia industry and send a message to Hollywood, John Ashcroft made an example out of Tommy, proving that even a rich movie star is not untouchable for the DEA. I'm Tommy Chong uh, of Cheech and Chong. It's like a royal title. The privatized prison business is, is big. It's a slave labor market. We get these little jobs and we work, we get like $15 a month, low end. It, it provides employment for depressed rural areas. So, so you get a place like Taft, you know. If it wasn't for the prison, there would be no, there would be no industry here. You know, the oil industry is gone, long gone. There's nothing else here, you know, except uh, maybe the ground squirrel industry. Conviction rate is almost 100%. And people that are doing the longest time here are the ones that had a strategy, that went to court and fought it and lost. You know what it did? I'll tell you what it did. It, it made me feel like a black guy. Julia was, for a long time, just another crummy little town in West Texas. And it's treated black people and Hispanic people in a real crummy way for a long time. It's not any different than towns throughout the South and probably in the Midwest. It's got a large church-going population. It's got a very uh, tight-knit community of white people, and it's got a small outside community. It's not even really a community of marginalized black and brown people. I'm kind of the chief redneck out here. 
because I am kind of prejudiced, and I admit it, and everybody is. Uh, you know, I'm not unique. I am unique in that I understand who I am and attempt to control that, which Christians are supposed to do. But any any guy that puts his pants on one leg at a time and says he's not prejudiced, I say, come with me and I'll take you someplace and show you some people that you will be scared on your first impression. Rights attorney Jeff Blackburn witnessed how the lure of lucrative drug war funding enticed an entire police force to make illegal arrests. All of a sudden, overnight, there was this massive roundup, well publicized, all put all over the TV stations, where uh, one tenth of the town's black population was uh, escorted in handcuffs to jail. We were told that. This was the most massive rural drug conspiracy ever uncovered uh, in West Texas. It was due to the sterling police work of an individual cop named Tom Coleman, who is a hero. The Tully newspaper ran not an editorial, I'm sorry, it was a news story that was headlined, Tulia Streets Cleared of Garbage. When all the major media sources, including 60 Minutes, covered the Tulia story, they told of a lone redneck cop by the name of Tom Coleman who hated black people. But who was Tom Coleman working for? When you followed the trail of money, he was merely a pawn of a law enforcement policy that profits from making large arrests. So there was this thunderclap arrest and sweep of the black community. I landed 46 people in jail, uh, nearly all of whom were black. Then, of course, they quickly started getting processed through the system with court-appointed lawyers, with all-white jurors, and we began to get sentences like 99, 75, 320 years, out of control, over-the-top, Texas, typical small-town sentences for drug dealers. Yeah, I sat in jail for five months before my lawyer was came to see me. He told me, the only thing you can do for me in the olden days, uh, you had legal lynching. This was uh, this was legal lynching on a whole new level. This was ethnic cleansing uh, combined with the need to get grant money. The problem in Tulia, and the problem with most of the task forces in the state of Texas, they're created as an entity, as a as a corporation that more or less stands alone. It's not in the chain of command of DPS or any state agency. It's tempting to think of Toya as just some rural, weird remnant of the distant Deep South past. The truth is, Toya is the cutting edge of modern drug law enforcement. And you've got this task force out here operating like a pit bulldog or a rottweiler that's supposed to be on kind of a leash, but it's running all over town trying to find any kid it can to bite. Yeah, I know I was thankful because I was black, an old black guy. And the Spanish and the black, we, we in big, big trouble. Sergeant Lou Daigle receives a call about a naked guy walking into a restaurant putting ice up his butt.
drugs from coming into California or into the United States, it could be stopped. Well, this drug money funds terror. It's a ploy. Ploy. 
uh, a manipulation. Ploy. Drug money funds terror. I mean, why should I believe that? Because it's a fact. A fact. FACT fact. So you're saying that I, I should believe it because it's true. That's that's your argument. It is true. Since 9-11, the only thing that's really changed around here in my neighborhood are the attitudes of the police. You know, the gangs are now the new terrorists. And how tough security's gotten since 9-11, it's like really like, you know, how the drugs coming into the United States now. How? You know, I don't have an airplane, you know, I don't have a car that's going to make it with California place to Mexico and back to uh, Colombia. I can't yeah. even drive to Colombia. Yeah, so you know, I don't flown. have a boat. It got to be flown or ship. There's a great line in the movie Boys in the Hood where Larry Fishburne is saying, Hey man, we don't grow it. We don't own any airplanes. We don't have any laboratories. How does it get here? Why does it get here? And that's a very good common sense approach that intuitively the people in South Central understood. But there was something much bigger than them uh, that was moving the whole drug issue and the drug war. My parents were staunch Republicans. Back in the 80s, the big concern was not terrorism, it was communism. The Iran-Contra affair was one of the biggest political scandals in U.S. history. Members of the Reagan administration, headed by Oliver North, engaged in the sale of arms to Iran. The proceeds from these illegal deals were being used to fund the Contras, a right-wing guerrilla group that Reagan referred to as his freedom fighters. The Contras were fighting the Soviet-backed Sandinistas for the domination of Nicaragua. The Iran-Contra is very important in history. We have to remember the fact that Iran-Contra its mandate was to investigate the sales of missiles to Iran. Former DEA agent Stella Reno Castillo not only fought in the international effort of the American drug war, he also had the rare opportunity of carrying a camera and recording some of the regrettable actions of the DEA and CIA while they supported President Reagan and Oliver North's Contra movement. George Bush Sr. came to Guatemala on January 13, 1986. And, uh, he approached me and asked me what I did uh, there at the uh, U.S. Embassy, what my job description was. And I told him I was a DEA agent working international narcotics investigations. And I told him, look, you know, we have gathered intelligence that the cartels are involved in drug trafficking down in El Salvador. And then he just smiled, shook my hand, and, and walked away from me. And it was then and there that I knew that my government knew that these atrocities were occurring. They were so concerned about giving the guns to Iran and all that stuff. The question should have been asked about all that cocaine flying back over here. In 1986, on American TV, we were all being fed a steady diet of... We're taking down the surrender flag that has flown over so many drug efforts. We're running up a battle flag. This scourge will stop. But regrettably, back in Central America and in the jungle... I remember down in Central America, we were refueling planes full of cocaine coming into the U.S., and uh, it was a CIA uh, operation being run by the White House. At the same time, all of the cocaine from Nicaragua was flowing into the U.S. Freeway Ricky Ross was at his heyday. The average week would at least be two to three million dollars, almost guaranteed. Some days we would have two and three million dollar days. After Freeway Rick was arrested, an investigative journalist by the name of Gary Webb uncovered a link that connected him back to the Nicaraguan Contra movement. I read Dark Alliance. I got a, a, a copy of 
directly from Gary Webb himself. And to read the book, it, it, was, it was fascinating for me, you know, to find out that I was connected with the CIA and, and all these high-powered people up in the government. Ricky Ross was just lucky. He just happened to get a source who was connected to the CIA. For a long time in South Central, the buzzword was that the CIA was selling crack. I said, no, the CIA wasn't selling crack. The CIA was importing cocaine. Ricky Ross got it, turned it into crack, and he sold it. According to Gary Webb's Dark Alliance, when Danilo Blandone was displaced from his home country of Nicaragua, he set off to America to raise money to aid the Contras in ridding his home from the invading Sandinistas. When Ricky Ross was introduced to Blandone, Blandone was in a position to create a pipeline of cocaine that he in turn gave to Ricky Ross on consignment. Which I like the sound of that, you know, because I was always trying to get to the top anyway. Suddenly, some major sources opened up for him. Danilo Blandone, Norwin Manessas, both of whom were tied to the CIA and the Contras, and Gary Webb did a masterful job of uh, breaking those stories and proving with documents that that was the case. Whatever we were running in the he goes, he profit he was going to the Contra Revolution. I started doing a little research on my own, and I read a little bit about Oliver North and the Contras, because I never knew what the Contras was before. There's ledgers of, uh, of Oliver North and them actually transporting the cocaine to our country. There's film. Every piece of document that's possible. Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. First-time dealer and former Crip, Leroy Chico Brown, was arrested with Rick. Chico walked into a DEA sting operation that was set up to capture and imprison Rick and trade for Rick's old partner, Danilo Blandone. How could this be possible? And then we read through the documents, and then that's when Gary Webb started explaining it to us, and we was like, everything came together now. One of the most paramount moments, perhaps caused by Gary Webb's Dark Alliance, took place in November of 1996. It was a monumental historic event. I mean, the director of the Central Intelligence Agency was coming to watch to face the people. Now, we all know that the U.S. government and the CIA supported the Contras and their efforts to overthrow the Sandinista government in Nicaragua in the middle 80s. Now it is alleged the CIA also helped the Contras raise money for arms by introducing crack cocaine into California. Deutsch felt he had to do something to try to uh, deal with the outrage that was foaming all over the country at the time. And of course, it just blew up in his face. CIA fights drugs, CIA does not encourage drugs. I mean, it was, it was actually one of the most monumental blunders of all time, uh, if you think about it. We have no evidence of a conspiracy by the CIA to engage in encouraging drug traffickers in Nicaragua or elsewhere in Latin America. Deutsch was there because of the Gary Webb stories. The Gary Webb stories had sparked a national furor. I would like to have Richie Ross's uh, brother to speak, please. The United States government turned their head and let this cocaine come into the United States of America. Allow Gary Webb to have full access. This whole thing is orchestrated. It was near pandemonium. It was about, I guess, 1,200 people in standing room only in the auditorium. 2,000 people outside listening on loudspeakers. And uh, it was very hard to keep control. I got called on finally, and I said to her very clearly, I talked looking right at Deutsch. I am a former Los Angeles police narcotics detective, and I work South Central Los Angeles, and I will tell you, Director Deutsch, that the agency has dealt drugs throughout this country for a long time. Uh, I was
was able to name operations. Director Deutsch, I will refer you to three specific agency operations known as Amadeus, Pegasus, and Watchtower. I have Watchtower documents heavily redacted by the agency. I was personally exposed to CIA operations and recruited by CIA personnel who attempted to recruit me in the late 70s to become involved in protecting agency drug operations in this country. He stumbled and stammered and wrung his hands out of this if you have information about CIA illegal activity in drugs, you should immediately bring that information to wherever you want, but let me suggest three places. The Los Angeles Police Department. And of course my response was, I started there 18 years ago, sir, and they tried to kill me. Now what do you want me to do? If this information turns up wrongdoing, we will bring the people to justice and make them accountable. The crowd started chanting, we told you, we told you, we told you. And it was a great moment of unity. And it was a healing moment for me, because I'd been out alone for 18 years and didn't really know that that kind of support was there for me either. The average person in South Central Los Angeles did not know anything uh, about really how the CIA worked. They had an intuitive sense. If you have a private network run by George Bush and Ollie North, not the CIA, you won't find the records in the CIA. They're not there. They're in these private privatized intelligence agencies. Will you pursue that? Will you pursue Ollie North and George Bush and the, ev the massive documentation? All these gentlemen, like this gentleman here, the co-defendant of Ricky Ross. They needed the money to finance the war in Nicaragua. They had the link. We know that from records now that they send Orlando, who was a CIA operative, CIA, to school for marketing. Marketing the product which we now know is cocaine. Me and Ricky Ross is waiting to get sentenced Tuesday. And she got, what a judge going to say to us come Tuesday? Uh, may I just say that the uh, question which was asked of us by the judge was, was Ricky Ross ever a agent or a contract employee? I already knew that from the beginning of, of, of dealing with Danilo Blandon that he was sending supplies and things of that nature, computers and guns in Nicaragua to fight a war. Ricky had already served a five-and-a-half-year sentence for dealing crack, but was now given a second 20-year sentence after being set up by his former partner, Blandone, while Oliver North walked away as a hero, wealthy and free to try his hand at politics. Oliver North was uh, being promoted by the Christian Coalition, and to them he was the last white hope that uh, they were going to have for a right-wing um, Christian to run for U.S. Senate in Virginia. During the 1986 Kerry Commission, Oliver North's crimes were exposed to the American public. And yet today, Oliver North is not only a free man, he has his own show on the Fox News Network. It's amazing that uh, Oliver North has his own TV show, and, and hopefully when I get out, I plan on having my own. How does a federal agency like the CIA exert control over local law enforcement agencies? The way it's done, uh, which I saw firsthand at LAPD, there are networks called the Narcotics Intelligence Network, or now it's called Clearinghouse, where agencies who are doing a drug case don't step on each other's toes. Every time the police go invade us, I know Rick used to get calls and say, um, move out, you know, they coming. We actually saw that here in 1986 uh, with major task force investigations of Freeway Ricky Ross 
They had search warrants for 19 locations that were prepared one night, and by the time they got there the next morning, all 16 locations had been cleared out. Uh, and that means that obviously there was a leak. That's the way the CIA protects its share of the drug trade. Uh, just one night, uh, I got a tip from Danilo not to go over, and uh, just so happened to be the night that they raided. Crack use spread like wildfire in the early 1980s. And in Los Angeles, a drug dealer known as Freeway Ricky Ross was in the middle of it. Prosecutors called Ross the Walmart of crack. He made millions in the early 80s, dealing to Los Angeles street gangs. The United States Sentencing Guidelines and the federal sentencing system uh, rewards those who get others involved in criminal conduct. And that's what Landone did. During the exact same period, that freeway Ricky Ross was at his heyday, home values in South Central Los Angeles were tanking. People owed $100,000 on their home. The place was a war zone, dead bodies in the backyard, prostitutes in the front, drive-by shooting. I mean, it was horrible. And people walked on their mortgages because they couldn't sell the houses. Uh, and tens of thousands of homes were moved, literally for 10 and 20 cents on the dollar after people abandoned their mortgages. We call that ethnic cleansing. There was a greater plan to, to to put churches, to put liquor stores, gun shops, uh, and, 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 and cocaine, drugs, into the ghetto, into the neighborhoods, and drive the prices down. And they pretty much did a good job of that. Real estate in, in California, which we consider Compton, Watts, East LA, South Central, where the drug-infested gang killing the highest rates in the country, and families really start moving out of the inner city to way out. I'm talking about 70 miles out of LA to get rid of. I'm talking about the farm man where they promising people that they're gonna build up city jobs and everything. Especially like in, in, in the 80s. There's a big thing about moving to the Marino Valley. You're gonna have all these big corporations come in. It never happened. People actually moved out there, end up losing everything because the big corporations never came. And then a lot of investors came back here and started buying property for so cheap, cheap prices. And now the property value is sky high. You can't even afford to live in Compton and Washington more without spending $300,000 for a home that my mother then paid $9,000 for. I think the prevailing view on Wall Street is anyone stupid enough to buy drugs deserves to die. Uh, and if you can make money from them while they're doing it, that's great. And if that's imposing a crime wave on a community away from Wall Street, that's okay. There's no drug crime on Wall Street. One of the important facets of the discussion should be what I call conspiracy theories. There are lots of folks out there, and there are books written on this by people who are in a position to know, former DEA agents, former CIA operatives, things like that. And they tell stories about huge amounts of money, large-scale corruption in the big parts of government, etc. And are these stories true? And the answer is, of course, I don't know. I don't have access to any particular information more than anyone else does. However, ask yourself this question. If you're going to have a million dollars in cash, how much corruption can you buy at any level for that million dollars? And the answer has to be quite a bit. On December 10th, 2004, investigative journalist Gary Webb was found shot in his apartment. No! 
You lying. No. When? Saturday. Oh, man. The internet was set ablaze with conspiracies of a CIA assassination plot. But overwhelming evidence of the suicide soon put the theories to rest. Well, he used to tell me that, that, that he would come home at night and be guys, you know, climbing up the pole late at night, 12 or 1 o'clock, and, and, you know, at nighttime. And people following him around everywhere he goes. He has, he has cars telling him, and his phone was tapped. And he was just saying that they, they, they were, they were kind of like giving him the blues. You know, a lot of things were going on that, 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 that he didn't really like. And he said it was the government, too. By the way, the head of the DEA, his name is Rob Bonner, who's a friend of mine uh, throughout the first George Bush administration, said, documented that yes, the, the CIA was involved with the importation of a fair amount of cocaine uh, with regard to the Iran-Contra, etc. But it just has to happen because of the money. We understand what you're saying. A ton of cocaine was smuggled into the United States of America. Well, please. In cooperation with the CIA? That's what... That's exactly what appears to have happened. When I was a clandestine case officer, I thought I was doing God's work, the nation's work, by recruiting traitors in, in varied countries around the world. And what I didn't realize was that I was literally there for show. I was just going through the motions because the traders weren't producing really useful information. Uh, we were ignoring all of the openly available information that would have produced much richer uh, results. Let's jump over to General Manuel Noriega in Panama. General Noriega was told by Bill Casey, then director of the Central Intelligence Agency, that he could have a free run with drugs into America provided that he allowed us to support the Contras from Panama. That was a straight-up deal. Now, I don't understand why the government didn't use Freeway Rick the way they used him. Set him up to go buy this from the big man and bust the big man. He ain't no, he ain't the big man. He somebody's bringing it to him. Yeah, nobody. So the why big they man. didn't reverse? They always it take you almost to, to make it seem like he's yeah. the man. They never but somebody is bringing it to him. Who is the real drug lord? <laughs> What do you say to the conspiracy theorists? Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the book uh, called Dark Alliance, written about the CIA bringing in cocaine into South Central LA, the whole mm -hmm. Ricky Ross story. Well, you know, I've been working with the CIA for years. I take great pride in what they do. They're very disciplined uh, people of great courage. There aren't many of them. It's a very small agency. Uh, they're out there in the global context trying to um, protect the American people. So I think they deserve to be treated with respect. But the notion that that they're smuggling drugs into America is just uh, absurd. I think Ricky Ross um, simply didn't invest enough money in bribing local authorities. Had he invested in a uh, protection insurance policy at the state and local level through legal fronts. I mean, there are all kinds of lawyers that are willing to sell their souls and happy to take their money and then channel it into bribes. So basically, I think Ricky Ross didn't realize uh, that he could become a pawn uh, in the war on drugs. Are you aware of whether or not narcotics proceeds at some time may or may not have supported Contra efforts? Yes, sir. Narcotics proceeds were used to shore up the uh, 
contra effort. Did you personally play a role in some of the transfer of that money? Yes, I did. Six months after CIA Director John Deutsch came to Locke High School, the residents of Watts were hardly surprised that the CIA found itself innocent of all drug dealing charges. Today, Ricky Ross remains in prison as the sole perpetrator of America's biggest drug war scandal. And this was an off-the-books operation. It was an operation that was specifically forbidden by the U.S. Congress, and drugs were used, together with Saudi Arabian contributions, also off the books. Drugs were used by the CIA to carry out a covert action that had been forbidden by Congress. When Bush Sr. lost the election to Bill Clinton, everyone felt as if a new day were born in America. Now the peaceful liberals would rule, and the tired, corrupt, Iran-Contra Reagan crew would be gone for good. Nick and Norm are brought to us by the Office of National Drug Control Policy, also known as the Office of the Drug Czar. Under Bill Clinton, the office was headed up by four-star general drug czar Barry McCaffrey. Clinton had a drug czar by the name of, of Barry McCaffrey. And, and what he did, he was the evil one. Now, Clinton was a good one. Everybody loved Clinton. He played the sax and, you know, he said he didn't inhale and, you know, <laughs> you know he, got the, he got the BJ from the card and everything. And everybody, he was like, yeah, Clinton was a man. Less than a mile away from T's place, former President Clinton made an appearance to promote his new book. So many adoring fans showed up that Clinton was not able to sign everyone's copies. Problems today with President Clinton's book signing tour through the Southland. He appeared at SO1 Books in Baldwin Village. I'm all the way from Moreno Valley. Uh, to see Pre uh, President Clinton. I, I love him and I love what he stands for. But in actuality, he had this evil, evil, crazy, maniacal person that were head that headed up the wall of drugs. Now that's the good guy getting the bad guy to do the bad work. Back in Austin, General Barry McCaffrey was making an appearance at a fundraising event. The former drug czar was now a regular war correspondent on MSNBC, but he would never knowingly participate in some independent film with a questionable message. Maybe by accident I told the general secretary that I was working on an anti-drug video, which is kind of true. So I donned my Republican disguise, consisting of a golf shirt, name tag, and slacks. Carefully choosing the correct forks and nibbling on some asparagus, I waited for the perfect moment to approach the well-protected former drug czar. Mostly known as a drug czar, and if I talk to the media or talk to the American people, that's the only way they recognize what I was doing. In the early 90s, my friends were all quitting the 80s hard drugs and switching to high-quality marijuana. A guy I knew always had pounds of hydroponic, the kind of pot you see on the cover of High Times magazine. It wasn't long until the law caught up with him and he was sent to a prison work camp. Mambo died a few years later. It turns out that this was becoming a rather common story because during McCaffrey's reign under Bill Clinton, literally millions of nonviolent pot smokers were arrested and sentenced. And even if you still don't recognize Barry, everyone remembers Barry's classic This Is Your Egg Brain on Drugs anti-drug campaign. metaphor of the drug war led to flawed thinking. I was invited a few years ago when General McCaffrey was the drug czar to be involved in a debate. He bragged 
with a smile on his face that the budget for his office, namely the Office of National Drug Control Policy, was getting an increase in funding from $17 billion per year to something like $18.5 billion per year. Can you imagine how much money that is? You go to children and you say, do you remember your mom, dad, coach, teacher saying marijuana is unacceptable? If I remember hearing that, I'm not using drugs. You know, we have actually done a terrific job in the United States reducing drug abuse. It's down from 14% of the population past month to 7%. And if you expect somebody that controls that much money to be in favor of change, look again. Of course not, because money is power. Our problem isn't that we use too many drugs. Our problem is we've got too much money. Most people today cannot even tell you the name of our current drug czar who works under the Bush administration. We want to expand drug treatment courts that find people who are in trouble with the law because of their addiction and give them an opportunity not just to uh, pay their debt to society, but to get clean and sober. Our viewpoint and our funding was to enhance prevention and education. All of the drug czars since McCaffrey, or since Bill Bennett, who was the first one under these circumstances, they all do the same thing. They all talk the same way. They all give lip service to drug treatment, but when it comes down to it and the rubber meets the road, the only money that is spent is for incarceration. The reason why we don't hear about the drug czar, and by the way, the, the drug czar is the son of General Vernon Walters, who was a great CIA hand during Iran-Contra, a great CIA player. John Walters is his name. We don't hear about it now because the drug business is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. The drug money is flowing, people are going to jail, the money's going through Wall Street, people are happy, it's not out of control and everybody's looking the other way. And that's exactly the way they need it to be because they cannot sustain not only the U.S. economy, but they cannot sustain the U.S. empire, the American empire, without those drug flows. Everybody is out to grab money. Everybody is trying to make money off the drug war on the good side. And of course, unbespoken on the bad side, the, the people that use drugs and sell drugs, they're trying to make money. The ruling class here in America had to come up with something so that they could control certain segments of society so that they could stay in power. So they created the drug war for the felonization of Americans. So the drug war has actually established a false capitalist economy there that's driven by the money you throw at it. The more money you throw at it, the wilder it gets. Back in the 70s, Joe Pietri was a large-scale marijuana and hashish smuggler working in Nepal. When Nixon started the drug war, he gave over $50 million to the government of Nepal to outlaw marijuana and hashish. Joe witnessed firsthand how a once peaceful Nepal quickly transformed into a society of heroin addicts controlled by a violent black market. I was in the marijuana and hashish business for 25 years. I spent 25 years of my life living in Southeast and Southwest Asia, where I saw the CIA, through their political agendas, allow the production of opium poppies and heroin production in Southwest and Southeast Asia that eventually reached these shores. Why do you think heroin use has gone up so much? Well, I don't think heroin use have gone up. Heroin uh, is increasing. I just stopped. Uh, you guys are going to keep quiet or I have to go do this. 
Back on the streets of L.A., dealers use little balloons to sell small amounts of heroin. Sergeant Daigle points out balloons on the street that gets cleaned every few days. When I looked up, I realized I was standing on literally thousands of empty balloons as far as I could see. You can look on the ground and you, you can see uh, a little water, a little uh, pure water that's given out. They're all little balloons. You'll see them all over there. They're as common as a cigarette, but that's all heroin balloons. My wife and I had hired a young woman to help around the house. Soon I started finding burnt, bent spoons hidden in strange places. Jonna played in a punk band, and as I learned back in the 80s, music and drugs go hand in hand. You know, you just think like, oh, Iggy Pop, Kurt Cobain, you know, they use heroin, maybe I'll be able to write better songs, you know, I mean, especially like, I mean, people who are into art and shit, there's more of a draw towards drugs just because you want to experience different of your mind, you know. I mean, right now, it's, about, it's easy for me to get heroin. It's walking into a gas station and buying a pack of cigarettes, you know. The amount of heroin reaching U.S. shores seems to come in cycles. But nothing in past history can compare to the influx experienced in the wake of the new war on terror. It's very important for the American taxpayer to understand that Afghanistan was producing virtually no heroin under the Taliban and is now responsible for 80% of the heroin coming to the United States and the Western countries. Now, we invaded Afghanistan right after 9-11, secured the country in November just by coincidence. The planting season for the opium poppy is November, and you harvest in late May and early June. Former DEA agent Celerino Castillo served in the DEA, where he helped to eradicate vast poppy fields. When the Taliban was in, in Afghanistan, they were what they were, but they were definitely against opium crops cultivation, and a lot of it was destroyed. We secured the country just in time to release a whole bunch of opium warlords from prison. It was in the news. Well, drug money could soon be funding al-Qaeda and other terror groups. These beautiful-looking flowers are fueling some ugly addiction and terrorism. When you taught everybody how to make money with hard drugs, what are they supposed to do? Stop? Police don't bother them. The U.S. military has other priorities. So, within this past year that the U.S. government has controlled Afghanistan, why is there a major crop of heroin that's going to be coming into the U.S. or has come into the U.S.? We see a lot of people from Northern California, a lot of, you know, uh, you know young male and female white couples, they actually come down here on vacation if they're heroin users because heroin is so readily uh, available down here in downtown LA. But it's just so, uh, it's, it's inexpensive, it's good quality, it's, um, you know, it, it, it typically comes in from the harbor, right down in, in the harbor division, LAPD. It ships in from overseas, comes in on, on, on cargo cargo ships, things like that. But uh, it's just, just readily available. Afghanistan stands on the brink of becoming a narco-terror state. This drug money funds terror. It's a ploy. Ploy. You know, I support the truth, but I don't support my government because our government has lied to us. Those people at Homeland Security 
uh, were all brought in to, to fight the so-called war on drugs. When they realized that it failed, they went into terrorism, and, and now they're, they're trying to combine both of them by saying, uh, if you support uh, drug trafficking or if you sell a dime back at a corner, that means you are now supporting terrorism, which is, which is another lie to the American people. The Patriot Act defends our liberty, is what it does, under the Constitution of the United States. We didn't need the Patriot Act to have prevented 9-11, and yet the Patriot Act was already uh, pretty much written before 9-11 even happened. It was uh, on the books within weeks, and normally that process takes months to draft that kind of legislation. You know, isn't it the ultimate irony uh, that perhaps the, the, the modern-day Al Capone, Osama bin Laden, uh, exists because of potentially the fact that he is a, a drug kingpin. It, do, don't people see this? People are never going to do away with the marketplace uh, for drugs, but that in fact it's prohibition that may have led to the actual bombing, uh, the actual destruction of the Twin Towers in New York. Bin Laden didn't blow up the Twin Towers because he just didn't like Americans. It was about money. Some type of way Bush got into making money and cut him off. I did! We support 44 dictators. We support drugs. We support the president of Afghanistan, whose brother is the biggest drug lord in Afghanistan. We support the president of Pakistan, who is the one who profits. If you quit drugs, you join the fight against terror in America. When you have a government that, uh, that promotes drugs to get their, get their agendas across in Central America and South America, in Southeast Asia and Southwest Asia, and then puts its own people in jail for using them, are you really living in a free country? I've had two sitting congressmen tell me this. Jim, you're right. Most people in Washington realize that the war on drugs is not winnable, but it's eminently fundable, and people in government bureaucracy are addicted to the drug war funding. shopping for groceries will have the choice to buy hard liquor and cigarettes along with the milk and bread. Not that I have anything against those things, but in the 90s, it was the legal substances of alcohol, tobacco, and pharmaceutical drugs that affected my life forever. In 1994, at age 32, my close friend passed away from pancreatic cancer. He had been five years sober, religiously attending AA meetings. Although cancer runs in his family, it will always be my opinion that the non-stop chain smoking played a major role in his sickness. So although 10,000 people died last year from their use of cocaine and heroin, uh, it's estimated that 450,000 died from their use of tobacco. A few years later, at age 47, my brother Kurt suffered a seizure caused by years and years of taking legal pharmaceutical medications used to control his schizophrenia. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.